0: Ciao! Ciao! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and elderly of all ages, welcome to the Cho Chow Chow 20th episode of Spectacular. Ciao ciao everybody and welcome to the most potentially dangerous show of Jalo chow chow ever <laughs> it is ciao episode chow. 20 and we are full something ahead to bring you
1: a show speed we're on the precipice we're dangling over the edge yes <laughs> anything could happen
0: and it might
1: and it will It could be something as small
0: as The Undertaker being late for a main event and the Brooklyn Brawler coming out to replace him. Or it could be something completely not like that at all. And hopefully it
1: will be. Yeah, I'll go for the latter.
2: (laughs) If, If there's any luck.
1: If there's any yeah, but
0: laughing. we got
2: the we got the wrestling reference out of the way within the first thirty seconds. I, I tried to
0: get everything out of the way the first thirty seconds, <laughs> so I could just go for the goods right after that. I'm a really quick date. <laughs> um,
1: crickets. All right. There was a little. a little laughter. There was some pity laughing <laughs> there. Yeah, there was some stuff.
2: My microphone doesn't pick up pity laughing
1: oh okay that's good to
0: know for the future yeah <laughs> um so this is episode 20 this is the big two zero how that's
1: did we crazy. ever make it this far I don't know
0: it seems like is not a teenager anymore
1: no oh. and
0: by next episode it'll be able to buy alcohol in the states right legally right we well, don't have we'll to all have to drink for that one. And yeah. get drafted? Oh wait, no, drafted. It can already get drafted.
1: So that it doesn't have to wait outside the liquor store for Creep to go in and buy them a twelve pack of, and some J and B.
0: No, 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 no. It could go right in all on its own. Some. That's not a word.
1: Well, we'll we'll be having a good film to discuss during the the twenty first. Yeah, birthday. yeah.
0: It'll be definitely that for realsies. <laughs> Um, oh, Good lord, some, right? Yeah. That's
2: a good word, I like it
0: <laughs> um, Well, welcome everyone um, We're totally excited If you can't already tell By the thing that we have oozing out of us Known as enthusiasm And um it, it's, That's it's, what that is? Yeah, well, depending on what part of my body You're looking at when you ask
1: that question Yeah, we didn't get bit by a spider Yeah, I got bit by a spider so you've got a couple things oozing out of you.
0: Yeah, and I can't believe it took a, an entire week before someone made a radioactive spider joke. <laughs> it happened today for the first time, and it's like, come on, guys! It took a whole week, huh? It took a whole week, dude. So that was kind of shocking. But yeah, the scary thing is, I'm I've been kind of rearranging stuff in my house, and I'm sitting right where the event took place. And I never found the spider that bit me. Maybe it's living inside of you. No, I think it got away. Or it might be just living under the table, and I might have just pissed it off the last time. But the place is looking sharp. Been doing some uh, spring cleaning. And... Is it the spring in California? No, No, it's not, but um we only have one season here, so it's it's kind of spring (laughs) all the time. Um but the other thing is, um in case you were wondering, you are no longer allowed to wear white pants
1: or shoes.
2: That's right, it's after Labor Day. It is talking
1: to you, that one guy. (laughs) That one dude. That well, I think movie. I think Al told us that it was okay didn't he
0: well over there yeah but over here you know with all of our fancy country clubs and mm-hmm. um, gym memberships there's just you know things you gotta look out for and that's one of them
3: sure
0: Jesus Christ if you guys hear that song that's my dryer telling me that my dryer's done
2: The dryer plays a song?
0: Yeah, and it keeps playing it like every half hour or so to let me know, like, hey, fucker, open the dryer. And I keep forgetting. I don't know if you can hear it.
2: Is it like just a made-up tune or is it actually a song like, you know, When I'm 64 by the Beatles or something? No,
0: it's a made-up song, probably. I I don't know
2: why that came to mind. Every
0: time I hear it, I think the ice cream truck's coming, if that helps. (laughs) Like every time I'm supposed (laughs) to get my clothes out
1: of the dryer, I'm like, ooh, drumstick. It's like that Pavlovian <laughs> dog experiment. <laughs> they play the they play the whistle and the dogs come running because that's when they their mouths get all wet.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. Well, so besides all of this action, this this episode really does have a lot in store for everybody. If we ever get to it. If we ever get to it, <laughs> um, we're gonna be going over. Um, our top 10 of the last 10 movies we've watched, which is always fun considering it's only happened one other time. Um, (laughs) And then
1: next week we're going
0: to be going over the listener top 10. Cool.
1: Yeah. I think our show almost ended the last time we did a top 10, just from all the controversy.
0: There was a lot of controversy and a lot of it has to do with my shitty
1: taste, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I think the controversy was more on your end.
0: Oh, wait, no. It wasn't my shitty taste as much as it was my, um, I think you guys referred to it as a bell curve. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That exists. Yeah, well, you know, and if you don't know what we're talking yeah. about, go ahead and listen to that. But now I,
2: now that I know that that's how you do it, I'm, ex- you know, that's fine. I'm excited.
0: You're allowed to say excited. I'm excited for your bell curve. <laughs> Oh, man. are all I excited had, for your curves. If I had a nickel for every time someone said they were excited about my bell curve, <laughs> it would be awesome. You'd
2: have, you'd have 17 cents.
0: Your Shh, husband bulge? Maybe that much.
2: How would that even work?
0: What, my husband bulge? It gets yeah. stiff from blood flow. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're yeah, crossing wires here. Two chambers. All right all right okay so um, anyway yeah so how's everyone doing good did we already do that part of the show yep we did, <laughs> we
1: did it before we started recording anyway. yeah
0: that's what that's what got me um but just um to kind of bring everything back to the listeners of this show um i don't know if you guys saw this but um like it was a while ago somebody um i think it was jimmy actually posted a thing um about seeing um the Barbarian sound studio and um, some people were talking about it. Did you guys see that thread at all?
1: I saw the thread, but yeah, I haven't seen that.
0: That's Did you see the movie yet? No. Chris?
1: No.
2: Um, I think I have a copy of it somewhere, but I never watched it. Oh, no, I, you know what? I'm thinking of Amer. That's right. A-M-E-R, which was released a little while ago as a Neo Giallo, but um, by... What is it called? Barbarian Sound Studio?
0: Barbarian Sound Studio. Yeah.
2: yeah. I've heard of it. I heard of it a lot. I saw a lot of tweets about it, but I never... It's
0: on it. Netflix. Uh, cool. Streaming. And I heard a lot about it, and I've been really excited to see it and all this shit. And um, I really didn't like it. Huh. So, So, um, yeah. It, it was, was just... A void. I, I'm not saying avoid. I think everyone should see it so they know what it is kind of thing. But, um... It's like, you know that whole mumblecore thing? Are you guys familiar with that? Okay, I fucking hate that. Yeah. Like, the worst thing... Like, I fucking hate low talkers to begin with. So if, like... I meet somebody and they're like, oh sorry. I'm gonna get fucking pissed. Oh my god, let me tell you about the guy with no legs I almost punched in the face today. So I'm at the fucking gas station, right? <laughs> and I'm trying to get gas for the car and I hear this voice like, hey,
3: hey, hey,
0: hey. And I turn around and there's this dude in a fucking wheelchair with no legs and um his hands didn't really look like they work really at all. And it was kinda and I'm like, oh shit, hey, what's up? And he's like, and I'm like, what? And he's like, and I'm like, shit, I got to get up in this guy's face to hear what the fuck he's saying. And I go up and he's like, "Uh, get that envelope out of my bag. And he had like this fanny pack on and he had like this zipper open and he was like kind of pointing to his crotch. Was he winking? No, he had sunglasses on. I have no idea if he was winking, but he was like pointing So I'm like, you want me to pull something out? he's like, the envelope. And I'm like, okay, so I pulled the envelope out and it was full of change and the envelope wasn't closed. And so they all spilt on his crotch and on his lap and shit. Awesome. And so I'm trying to hand him the envelope, but his hands don't really work. So I just kind of wedged it between a couple of his fingers and I'm going back to the gas station attendant because I'm trying to fucking pay for my gas. And then he's like, hey, hey, hey. And I turn around and he's like, get this change (laughs) off my pants and i'm like shit, and i'm like okay and then as he's holding the envelope the money keeps falling out of it so i'm like picking up all this change and i don't know where to put it and his hands kind of out but his fingers don't open so i'm like shoving change in the palm of his hand kind of like trying to get it all in there but his hands started getting full and i'm like fuck. and so i'm like "Uh, uh i don't know where you want me to put this and so he put the envelope in his mouth with the hand that worked better and then hit the joystick to move the chair closer to the window to the guy. And then he's like, R-r-r-r-r-r. but he had a fucking envelope in his mouth. <laughs> so now I totally couldn't fucking hear him. And he's like, R-r-r-r-r-r-r-r. and I didn't know what he was saying. So I finally i am like, do you want me to get that out of your mouth? And he's like, yeah. And so I grabbed it and he's like, give it to the guy. And I'm like, what? And he's like, put the envelope, the whole thing, give it to the guy. So I'm giving it to the guy and there's all this change and on him still and I'm still picking it up and put it in the tray and then he throws his hand at the thing and it was like the change just like fucking exploded all over the fucking place, right? So now I'm like on the ground picking up change trying to do this and he starts moaning and groaning and I get up and I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, and I couldn't understand him and I'm like, what? And he's like, help me, I'm falling. And I look and he's like, like seriously almost falling over the side of his chair. So I had to grab his arm and pull on him and then I just ran, because I, I'm i like, fuck, I don't know what else I could do for this guy, but he keeps asking me to do shit. So I took off. But, like, it sounds like a mumblecore movie.
1: That's what like I'm the saying. the plot
0: of a movie. Yeah. It was just like, it was so frustrating. And like, I, I'm not trying to be a dick against people who don't have legs that's and funny. can't talk, or fingers work funny, but it was just like really weird. And I tried my best to like help out as best as I could. But, like, Mumblecore stuff, I fucking absolutely dislike. And that was the whole point of this. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I totally fucking took a weird road there. So should I just walk off the show, then? No, no, I'm just saying, you don't mumble, dude. But, like, if this movie's fucking called something Sound Studio, I should be able to fucking hear what people are saying. The whole movie takes place in a fucking Sound Studio. With a guy mixing sound on a movie. Why can't I fucking hear what anyone's saying? Like... It was just, that annoyed me. So I was already kind of annoyed. And the the secretary is super hot. Like, if you like looking at creepy girls that are kind of attractive, um, that was kind of fun, maybe. I don't know. But I still don't know what the fucking movie was about. Like, I could tell you what the movie was about, but then you're like, they made a whole movie about that? That's a movie? Because, like, yeah. it sounds like something you could do in, like, three minutes. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll, go,
1: I'll go discover it on my own. That's that's fine. I won't put you through that punishment again. But, yeah. So, watch, like, in fucking
0: four weeks, one, one of you guys are going to go, We should do a Buried Sound Studio on the show. I think it would be a good discussion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but have you guys seen the trailer for a movie called oh shit the strange color of your body's tears or something like that Mm-mm. <clears throat> if I find it again um, I'll put it up but I think if anything is like a modern day jelly looking thing or whatever this movie looks super colorful super vibrant amazing no clear idea what the fuck the movie's about but it looks really good and the poster is beautiful it's got a weird fucking title um so that one might be promising I haven't seen Amir or a Amir, the one you were talking about Chris, right is that one any good?
2: um, I don't know uh, oh, yeah, I have a right. copy of it I have a copy, I've never watched it I, I don't know I think it might be in French not sure. Um, I'm still just getting over the information that I'm getting from Wikipedia with regard to this word mumblecore that I've never heard of before. So, The best <laughs>
0: pseudo mumblecore movie I've ever seen, which I think everyone should go see at least once, is fucking... Um, and I forgot the name of it, so never the fuck mind. Right. Wrist cutters? What? Wrist cutters? No. Um, <laughs> something about color... Oh. the guys from Primer they made a movie called oh man are you fucking kidding me I'm not gonna remember the name of this movie I just remember a whole you. conversation I had with a guy who couldn't talk and I can't remember the name of this fucking movie
3: cool.
0: I'll remember it halfway through the show it's about fucking pigs and a couple people who get hypnotized okay um, fucking shit that's fine uh, the cover whatever. wheel no, fucking mother. I could look it up, I guess. Okay, um, yeah. So, what are what are you finding about mumblecore since this is a shallow show?
2: I just never heard of it. I thought that it was a it was a type of hardcore uh, metal, right? Where... <laughs> where they all go because, <laughs> like, you've got you know you got grindcore where you got Cookie Monster <laughs> vocals. So I just figured there's a new version of metal and it's called mumblecore, but. Uh... Uh, and then apparently there's mumble gore where you can have mumblecore mixed with horror so yeah that's
1: that's how i got introduced to it because uh, a lot of them are are filmmakers that worked on mumblecore they they've been doing a lot of this anthology stuff like on the vhs films and uh, i think abc's of death had a couple mumblecore directors quote unquote
0: upstream oh. color by the way oh yeah that movie's great super good I still watch it with subtitles and defeated the whole purpose of the mumblecore movement, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I'm smarter than you, bitches. Poser. But yeah, it's just it's weird.
1: I like the puffy chair. That
0: was a good one. Oh, I thought you meant the
1: sex act. But um, okay. Never heard of that. I did. (laughs) I thought we moved on to sex acts. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: okay that's good stuff um let me see here oh um speaking of other little funny things um and since we were kind of talking about our facebook group for a second there i i seem to have lost my telephone okay um jimmy did you see the picture jimmy posted
1: this is so stupid. I keep asking you
0: guys, have you seen this picture?
1: Yeah, have I need to. Like, since it been <laughs> a month, I need to like start remembering what was it the the iPhone yeah, conversation point? Yeah, <laughs> he said this is what
0: happens when your wife opens your Amazon package. Yeah, and he got he's a picture. In for your killer. Striptease for your killer. <laughs> and she's he, <laughs> the text is like really, lol. And he's like, yay, classic shallow on Blu-ray. And she's like, dork. And he's like, also expecting New York Ripper. And she's like, should I be worried about you? Classic. Good stuff. Um, If anyone else has any funny pictures of text messages like that with their loved ones or people they don't like, please send it to us.
2: Yeah, I would just like to congratulate Jimmy Gonzalez for having a sort of kind of cool wife. I mean, clearly, you know, she's going along with it being like, okay, this is my... Husband's quirky hobby, but he's a good guy, and uh, I'll just joke around with him. Not every wife would be
0: as forgiving. Would, you would your a text thing. message say, "I'm going to be at my mom's"? <laughs> You're right.
1: As <laughs> I was gonna say, is this is this from personal experience?
2: No, it, it's not. My wife no. is it's just as good and it's it just as easygoing, I think. But um, uh, the You're good news is that, people. That, that you know, uh, yeah, I mean, if you get strip nude for your killer sent to your house and somebody else opens it i mean anything can really happen yeah <laughs> and it usually does pandora's box uh-huh. absolutely so yeah but i yeah i do appreciate that and i think that uh i think that jimmy has got a a, a good a, a good woman standing standing behind him while he
0: watches Or hiding shop. in another room of the house. Hiding,
2: hiding <laughs> the opposite. One of the other.
0: Um, and then the only other um, Facebook-related thing I wanted to share that I should have shared on the last episode, but I completely forgot. Um, one of our listeners, Maddie Thomas Taylor, um, made a short jalo film called "Silver at the Blood-Stained Bank." Oh, yeah. And it was actually really fun. It was a super fun little thing. If you guys haven't seen it, um, it's on our group page.
1: Yeah, it throws on... away any of the, the films I made with my friends at that age. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, totally. Totally. Um, good stuff.
0: So, And it's got a bunch of music you'll recognize. And um, and to be fair, and it's not even to be fair, it's just like I really enjoyed the Killer in the Garage Spoiler. Oh, come on. There was a scene, and it was really cool. Super <laughs> blood and black lace. It was great.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway. I kind of I kind of teased them. I'm like, where'd you get that bottle of J&B? <laughs> Are you old enough to drink that? Because I swear it was just a prop.
0: <laughs> I
1: swear we drank all the alcohol out of it before we
0: shot. <laughs> okay. Um... And then the only other update I have here, I think, is um, Al Owens sent me the... Um, and, I, and I don't think we've done a show. We haven't done a show, so I could actually talk about this. Um, he went through and translated from Italian a bunch of the dialogue that was in House of the Laughing Windows. Nice. Because apparently a lot of the questions I had and kind of plot holes that I was bitching about are because of the translation and in the actual Italian, they don't say certain things or they say different things that would make everything make more sense. And, um, so he went through and transcribed all of the Italian language like, he, he basically did accurate subtitles. To kind so, of answer your <clears throat> concerns. Yeah, so I'm going to give that another watch with that and see cool. what that's like. But, like, one of the things I think he said was that um, Salami, the little guy, um, he is also new to town. And I don't know if we talked about that. Did we talk about that?
2: No, I remember seeing that, that email come from... from. okay
0: did he mention that in the email did
1: we not we didn't read it because we didn't do the show right right correct Correct. um yeah great email great nice nice and lengthy and lots of good information in it kind of makes me quite i was gonna say worried but maybe not worry so much as just question like all the films that we've watched now like with english dub or even subtitles like are we missing I don't you know, know what we probably
0: are, but seriously, I don't know what it is, but like I as much as this totally goes against my point, I really like the ultra bad dubbing. Yeah. You know, like it it makes it as fun as like awesome curtains or a cool lamp or oh, sure. Edwidge's mouth. You know, like All of these things, like, strung together, make something that I am very happy to enjoy, I guess. Um, But yeah, I'm going to go through that, and um, yeah, and then I'll have something else to say about it. Hopefully it won't be so mean. (laughs) And one other thing, the last episode I think is when we were talking about Green Inferno and Eli Roth.
3: Well, oh, yeah. Was it not?
0: Okay. So I, wa- I saw two trailers for it. One was not a good trailer, and I was like, ugh, this looks like it's going to be what I think it's going to be. But then I saw another trailer that made it look like J.J. Abrams directed it, maybe, and it actually looked pretty good. Huh. Cool. So <clears throat> um, I guess my... Thought on that movie is as long as it's not 45 minutes of character development with characters that shouldn't be developed talking about having sex and doing drugs, and then five (laughs) minutes of actual action and horror and stuff, I will probably like this movie. I think,
1: yeah, and it kind of hurts my heart because I know Eli Roth has good intentions and I know he's you know very much a fan of these types of films and just. His stuff just doesn't... Ha- yeah, it doesn't have that heart and the... It doesn't capture the same... The same... Or what he's apparently trying to get across, and... I don't
0: know, it's... But, I, I mean, I know it's, like, to each his own, and he's making yeah. movies that he wants to watch, and if that's his personality in those characters, and that's how him and his friends are when they're together, I get that, you know? And that's... They're kind the... of, out of out of place and out of time. It seems like it sometimes, yeah. but... I don't know, but again, like, total appreciation for him being the fan that he is. You know what I'm
1: saying? I, like, I almost like watching his interviews and his commentary more than his actual films. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says.
0: Well
2: he's like, great in Death Proof. I liked him in Death Proof.
0: Yeah. I liked his um, audio commentary for Blood Sucking Freaks.
1: Yes. That's what <laughs> I was thinking of when I, oh, I saw that. Oh, were you really? Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's a good one that's great I have to check that out
1: it's just a fun little commentary it's good yeah I, I can't remember uh, what, Joel Reed I think is the director of that one and he was just talking about Eli Roth being like he didn't know who he was because Joel Reed is like this old fogey now so he's talking about him being like this young boy on set kept walking or not on set but kept, during the commentary when they were making the DVDs I like, kept walking around and asked me uh, he seemed kind of annoyed with, <laughs> like he's this little fanboy following him around anyway
0: I'm trying to I I saw another one I can't remember if it was after Cabin Fever I think it was right after Cabin Fever he was on something for something and he was talking about like just all the shit that happened on Cabin Fever like with the unions and all that other crap that went down it was good good talks good stuff but anywho, um, let's all wipe the schmegma from our lips now and um, no. kind of get cracking. Should we kind of bust into the top ten a little bit? You want to do that? Sure.
2: Yeah, just a little bit, and then we'll stop, and then we'll come back to it later. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, why, why would we bust into it just a little bit?
0: Chris
1: likes to tease. Oh,
0: he's yeah. <laughs> a teaser
1: he is um so reveal just a little bit of ankle
0: yeah he's at the beach (laughs) um so i was thinking if you guys wanted to we could do it where we say what our number 10 was and just briefly talk about it and kind of go through the list like that and then i'll give the the big list after sure does that sound like fun way we did it last time was
2: you just read off
0: the and i got all fucking confused and everyone started yelling at me i remember i have nightmares i
2: I don't think that we will that'll happen again but i mean i think we we know what we're in for this
0: time i think we do and you know what um there (laughs) some of the movies we actually were kind of right on on like across the board and last time everything was completely different i think for like except for like torso But um, So, do you guys know what your lists are or do you want me to tell you what your lists are?
2: I have my list.
0: I have mine memorized. Perfect. So, number 10. Eric, what did you what was your number 10 movie? Well,
1: Let me just uh, preface this by saying that I thought the 10 that we did most recently are actually a lot stronger as a group than the first 10 that we did, for the most part, I guess as a collective. So, Uh, These 10 don't necessarily represent, you know, I mean my number 10 doesn't necessarily represent a film that I hate It's just one that I don't think is the strongest out of this very strong crop of films Uh, But I have at number 10 who saw her die Okay, and This was one that I picked because I was curious about it, but it was also one that um, It has these factors where number one, I don't really remember much of it and that's always a strike against the film um but also it's i just yeah nothing really jumped out and grabbed me about this film and i don't think i think when i was looking back on my ratings that i was giving them on like imdb or Letterbox and stuff this was my lowest rated one as well just because of the uh the plot of it and uh it's kind of far-fetched and and the uh, just can't yeah really remember a lot of what happened as far as like the Characters' motives and all that stuff, and anything like really cool standing out as far as a kill or something like that, other than killing the kids, You're which is never cool.
0: Never cool, never cool. Don't kill kids, <laughs> people. Although, it's pushing my buttons. So, uh, Chris, what was your number 10?
2: My number 10 was eyeball. Ooh,
0: Ooh. Hiss. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And, I, and 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 very similar to eric i'm going to start off i am well not similar to eric cuz eric did his disclaimer before he mentioned number 10 but i'm going to do my disclaimer now which is um these are the top 10 kind of like as i feel about them since we've gone over them they might not necessarily eyeball may not be my least favorite movie um and I think part of the reason my eyeballs at the bottom of my list is because you guys did it um, when I wasn't available to record with you, which meant that I didn't actually watch the film. Passive aggressive. Yes, I didn't. I, I didn't watch the <laughs> film recently, so I watched it when I scored it for the for the website, um, and so my ranking of it on number 10 is partly because i'm not familiar with it anymore and i know that it was ultra trashy and fun to a certain extent but um considering all the other ones we did um i definitely put that at the bottom hmm
0: very good uh my number 10 is actually house of the laughing windows and the only reason why and here comes my big fucking preface that comes afterwards um is because now that I know that the translation was shit or just not good at all, because seriously, Al's been working on that translation for weeks. Oh, boy. And um, to, he was trying to have it done before we did that show. <clears throat> and so, I mean, that was a long-ass fucking time ago. But um, it's just one of those things where I feel like I didn't get the the right version of the movie kind of thing so you're putting it at the bottom simply because the the subtitles weren't translated correctly not just because of that i mean if you heard the show we did on it i wasn't uber pleased with it i I know you don't remember it (laughs) there there were there were some issues i had with it but um to know that maybe now it might be different after another viewing I put it at the bottom just because it's kind of in in process
1: okay got it. Fair and
0: enough. to make another thing another statement here um, I <clears throat> disagree with Eric and think that the first ten for the most part was a stronger bunch than this last ten Sure. So know, much controversy in this episode, guys. Oh, I don't no, know what's going to happen. Good Lord.
2: I kind of I felt that way too, but I think that you could pick and choose between the first 10 and the second 10 and rearrange them so that you had a, you you know, it, 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 I think that there were some big highlights in the first 10. Yeah. And there were some big highlights in the, in the second 10. And I think there were some really cl- big clunkers. In the first and second you know so if we were to do top 20 um i think that we would probably see the top 10 out of 20 being a combination
0: of both sets i agree with you yeah, yeah. but because... i think my top 10 would be completely different from your top 10. yeah
2: <laughs> well, i mean like i guess the question is like okay <clears throat> Where would you? I know Creep that you're a big fan of eyeball, and you're yeah. you're a big fan of um, strip nude. But yeah. which one
0: place is higher for you? Is it strip nude? Uh, seriously, <clears throat> if I was to be really honest right now, I don't know because strip nude I've seen so many times; it's almost like oversaturation.
3: <laughs>
0: but um, it would be, uh, it would be close. But at the same time, there's other movies that I didn't really know before doing the show that I know now that I absolutely love now, yeah. right. like Black Belly. Like, I know that's not everyone's favorite, but, <laughs> but I think that movie's so much fun.
1: It's such a fun movie. Um, but yeah, so... And I guess what I meant by when I said that was that there was definitely some huge staples in the first 10 that we did bird with the crystal plumage and torso of course but overall as a number 20 uh, as uh, with 20 i'm looking at i actually have mine arranged one to 20 and i have i'd say the bottom 10 have a lot more from the first uh ones that we did than than my top does so so yeah i got kind of to chris's point i think there's there's a mix on both tens, but I think the first ten we did has a lot more clunkers, whereas the ones that are good are really good. Yeah. And, and you know, there's something to
2: be said as well for rewatchability. I think that uh, uh, if a lot of these are films that um, that we have only seen one time, it would be interesting to go back and, and redo or, or rewatch some of these and see if they either retain. Yeah. The fact that you don't like them or if they retain the fact that you do like them um, because you know with the film that we're doing today I mean I kind of blew off the girl who knew too much um, for the longest time and having watched it for the third time uh, it, right in prep for this particular podcast um, it really jumped a lot of, of points up the up the ladder for me and I think that um, part of the thing that happens at least for me and maybe it happens for you guys too is that um, these films, it's hard to watch these films in a vacuum. You kind of compare them to all the other ones because they all kind of, they're all similar in a, in a certain way. So you're, you're, it's a very weird and unique situation where you're looking at a film to see, to make sure that it adheres to certain things that are similar throughout the genre. But then you're looking for, well, what did it do different to make it unique and interesting? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really kind of, it's really kind of cool. Um, but the idea that, you know, if you were to watch, um, you know, a certain one from the first ten uh, over again, now that you know, let's say you went back and watched Torso, now that you've watched um, a couple more, you know, maybe we if we cover all those Sergio Martino films, is Torso still your favorite, or you know, uh, it, it, things could move around. So I think that's yeah. that's the cool part about it. Also,
1: I think it's fun. Yeah, and I say I have a top twenty, but I would definitely need to watch some of those again before I. Blurted it out of here. Uh
0: oh. So what is your number nine, Eric?
1: So after all the yeah, after all those prefaces of prefaces and <laughs> creep, I think it you probably me. got a kick out of my seeing my top ten after hearing now that House with the Laughing Windows was your tenth one. <laughs> Cause as we'll see, it's mine is not. <laughs> um, but my number nine and this is probably going to spoil the discussion for tonight and make Chris eh. a little sad, but it's the girl who knew too much.
0: Well, without spoiling too much, we, well, let's just move past that, unless you want okay. to say
1: something about it. No, I'll, I'll save it all. Okay. Save it all for you guys. <laughs> just showing the ankle.
0: <laughs> just pulling the yeah, Chris.
1: Because I, right, because absolutely. Because, I mean, we want to
2: know why, you know, there's there's going to be huge differences of opinions on the films. Like so as we get to the, uh, the the main event here, yeah.
0: And what's your number nine, Chris?
2: Uh, number nine is uh, "Who saw her die," uh, which I think is a very good giallo, But compared to the other eight that uh, are above it, it just lands at number nine. It's, yeah. Uh, it's. It, I thought that film was very well filmed. I thought it was well acted. Um, I thought it had a confusing but. Um, intricately you know woven plot uh which is kind of a good thing when you're talking about giallo if you can't really follow it it's kind of uh, it kind of gives it some some extra points as far as i'm <laughs> concerned but um there's something kind of drab and dreary about that film um and giallo the the giallos that i like the most are the ones that are kind of um visually pleasing and kind of jump off the screen at you to a certain extent I yeah. guess I'm used to Ar- Argento and, and, and Mario Bava and the way that they kind of um, create, create a, a, a a mood and a feeling with the visuals and so Who or Die is kind of a very muted kind of thing um, and, and Laughing Windows is like that too but Laughing Windows ranked higher for me than Who or Die
0: Well my number 9 is also Who or Die and it's shocking that I would rank a movie so low that showed pubic hair in it But um, to me, it was, I don't like kids getting hurt. I I can't get around that. And so just on subject matter, I just kind of was turned off a little bit by it. And then on top of that, I hate, like, bad parents. And I just saw whenever a dad would rather... Go bang some chick while his kid's pretending to know how to play hopscotch, like that bothers me. Although what I will say is that I really think um, the episode we did on Who Saw or Die was probably one of the funnest episodes we've done. <laughs> yeah, well, because we had all those nicknames, it was just a lot of fun. So it's it's a fun movie. It's good, like hands down, it's a good movie. But. Um, yeah, I think
1: out of these 10, I, that's where I would drop that guy. Yeah, you guys put it much more eloquently than I, I did, but I do agree with all that. It's it's drab. It's, it's very drab. Fo- focuses too much on the the couple and that story. is just kind of depressing when jealous should be, you know, fu- a lot of fun to watch with people. Hell yeah. Um, so what is your number eight, Sir Eric? Oh, this one was tough because after... Nine and ten. Once I got to eight, it was all like these ones, even though this one's ranked number eight, it's actually very high up in my 20. And but it's Death Walks on High Heels. Um, I kind of enjoyed that they took it to England in this one, but there was also something about it that uh, just kind of what Chris was saying it just it's hard to beat out a lot of the other films we did. Uh, I like the blue eyes on that guy, but as far as a killer was kind of lame and the ending you're like I thought he was pretty but it just yeah it was lame <laughs> uh, the, the ending was kind of um, it was a lot of fun but it was just so stupid I don't
3: <laughs> know um,
1: it just yeah so it it just
2: Penny Packer
1: yeah <laughs> there's there's a lot of, of fun with this film I would probably recommend it for people to watch but as far as the other films on this list it just doesn't have enough substance and enough style to beat up those other ones very nice uh you're number eight sir chris
2: my number eight was stage fright and um probably this same uh disclaimer as eric where it is a fun film um i wouldn't necessarily rank it too high in a Jalo list even primarily because it doesn't really have much giallo kind of aspects to it except maybe the, the atmosphere act aspect um, but a good film all around a, a solid film but the, the other ones are higher
0: up on my list so okay well my number eight is the movie we're talking about tonight so um, we will save that discussion um, for later on but um all of our number sevens were the same. Uh-huh. So we're, we're we're making progress all, here. So should we let's just all blow say it, right it at now? the same time? Yeah, let's all say it at the same time.
3: Oh, Transformers. On high heels. Jeez. <laughs> yeah.
1: Who's saying it in Italian? Chris? No, I I said death walks on high heels just to be a jerk.
2: <laughs> I should have said breakfast at Tiffany's and You said
0: Transformers <laughs> No, but yeah, all the colors of the dark um, We all thought that was Equally a number seven
1: Equally no, seven yep. Just a seven Yep. Something
0: Even awesome. though it had a Fennec in it Yeah
2: It had a lot of good Fennec in it
0: Yeah, and it had an Ivan in it <laughs> It sure
1: did so yeah I, I think that's all that needs to be said about that yeah just i don't know maybe it doesn't have enough of the conventions like a stage fight might you know or not might but it's like a stage fight. it was just, just kinda, too it, weird yeah and like
0: you could have put keanu reeves in the edwidge role and it would have been the same fucking movie you know <laughs> like I think they're working on that i don't think. know what's going on what's happening i don't understand i'm an actor <laughs> it's just
1: ugh, yeah but it was his boobs look as nice no no way (laughs) so
0: uh uh, you're number six eric which i have a bone to pick with you sir because i distinctly remember private conversations you and i had where you said and if you can't tell i'm shaking my finger at the screen right now um (laughs) you told me that this movie would be higher up on your list sir
1: listen <laughs> if if you look at the rest of my list pretty much every movie that's after this or that's above this one are ones that I saw after it so I have that in my defense uh,
2: okay and okay. also I
1: see also to add to my it argument is, with death, with death walks on high heels and all the colors of the dark I like these movies a lot. Yeah. It just
0: no, I'm just giving you shit So what's your fucking it, number six? Oh sorry, Yeah, I didn't say it did
1: I? It's Eyeball <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Yeah, really like everything about this movie And it's high up on my top 20 If that counts as far as percentage wise mm-hmm. Doesn't count. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's right there at number six um, And just the movies above it The top five are just a little bit better
2: can't take anyone seriously who puts that movie above the girl who knew too much but oh my gosh um it looks like (laughs) creep doing the same thing so
0: (laughs) okay so tell me what your number six is smart guy uh
2: transformers my number six is death death walks in high heels um again same reasoning um i'm going with this with this eric theory that these there's not much that separates these at this point for me um, you know uh, Death Walks on High Heels is a fun uh, film and uh, I enjoy it uh, wholeheartedly but there's a lot of it that isn't very serious so that's where it ends up at
0: six for me Okay, well, my number six is um, stage fright Man, and I'm just not doing well no you're doing great there is no right or wrong here oh, okay. um, I
3: guess there is, guess you're there definitely is. Right, so.
2: <laughs> my list is right <clears throat> guys are wrong stage fright and, is and Facebook a... will agree with me <laughs> as they always do
0: stage fright's a fun movie it's it's fun um, it's weird
1: and it's fun yeah. are you guys um, getting it on blu-ray from blue underground <clears throat> I don't know what can They've they been possibly been pimping think? it for? Like the last month. Um,
0: is there a ton of extra shit on it? I think so. A lot of interviews, all that's all that good jazz. Well, then I might. Yeah. Um. So, um, Eric, since you're talking about it, why don't you tell us what your number five is? Oh, it's stage Fright.
1: There it is. <laughs> yeah, it's. It was a blast for me to watch this one, this movie, and it ranks pretty high on any list. But as far as a yellow list. Uh, it'll be right there in the middle at number five. Um, I know, it kind of irks maybe some people thinking that it's not a Giallo movie, uh, but I just think it has, you know, it plays with enough of the of the conventions and it also kind of puts a nice twist on it. But it's also got, you know, enough homages to it that shows that it actually respects the Giallo genre at least. Well, here's where I'm
0: gonna probably be the laughing stock of the world. I would have put this movie way higher on my list if there was more dancing in it. Like, more choreographed action. I think that would have added to this film like,
1: quite a lot.
2: Like Murder murder Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: do have murder to say rock I like done. the Reefer Madness musical more than the actual exploitation film from the 30s, so I agree with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's something to be said about that. Um, Chris, what's your number five? Nope, my not. number
2: five? Is uh, ha five dolls for an August moon.
0: Very nice,
2: an awesome film. Um, nothing like really groundbreaking or earth chattering about it, but just fun and uh, you know, uh, fun in the same way for you guys, eyeball is fun, uh, but for me, uh, just a better movie
0: than eyeball, so.
1: Honest Opinions Honest Opinions mm. they,
0: they silence the crowd That's right They, they yeah. do <laughs> Well, my number five is Your Vice is a Locked Room And only I am right And um, <laughs> it's not so much that this movie isn't good As much as I like the other movies better So Right that's, I, I would have liked a different location for the movie, I think I think if this movie took place somewhere else, like more metropolitan, it would have been a lot more fun for me. But
1: that's just me. Um, Eric, what's your number for? Uh, man, I'm just following in your footsteps down this list. Like you said, we're all we're all pretty close. But yeah, it's, your vice is a locked room, and uh, only Creep has the key. Yay! <laughs> it's. This one, for me, uh, I remember really enjoying it while I watched it. But then constructing this list, I there was I don't know if it was the fact that I thought maybe it was, it, you know, on the opposite end spectrum of stage fright where it's so much different than Jello. This one I just couldn't really see anything that separated this one out uh, other than the fact that it was a lot of fun to watch and it had Edwidge in it.
0: I will say, out of all the these ten movies, the twist in this one might have been the best oh sure mm. it wasn't as maybe contrived. not the best maybe like the second best yeah if we were going by the Shamalama ding dong scale
1: but right. um yeah very, yeah great scale to go by it, yeah yeah it I is UC berkeley uses it at their film school they
0: should if they don't <laughs> that's for damn sure um what's your number four chris
2: my number four is... Uh, <laughs> the laugh, the House with the Laughing Window. Um, and I don't have much to say about it except for the fact that... Um, I was kind of on the fence as to how much I enjoyed the film... Um, after the first time I watched it. And uh, going back to score it and watch it for the podcast... Uh, it went up a couple of ranks... Um, I really like um, some of the suspense um, in the film. And um, it's a little bit different than the normal Giallo. uh, But it's certainly not, you know, top two, top three material. So that's where it landed for me.
0: Yeah, for me, my number four was uh, Cat and Ninetales. And um, I didn't realize it, but I probably since um these last 10 movies we've done i think i've watched that more than any of the other movies and um it was one of those things where when i realized how many times i watched it i was like holy shit! i must really kind of like this movie because i i just was shocked at how many times i had actually sat and watched it and it was one of those things where I didn't even realize it. And I was just putting it on while I was doing other shit. It was just kind of that enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And the first time I watched it, I thought it was good, like, just like a good episode of Murder, She Wrote or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't realize it was something that I would watch over and over again. Um, But I think why it lands at four is just because that chick is so hard to pay attention to. (laughs) And um, I don't like seeing kids tied up. So, eh, the kid was okay. No big deal. But, um, spoiler. But yeah, it's it's a good one.
1: Uh, Eric, you're number three. Number three. Well once again and people are probably getting sick of this well to be
0: fair i'm following you if it
1: if we actually go by the numbers kind of yeah if you go from one to ten but since we're going ten to one i've been following you and i am at cat of nine tails uh the so it it astonishes chris that this isn't my favorite argento film it is above bird with crystal plumage which might astonish a lot of other people as well Uh, but I did did still really enjoy it for a lot of the same reasons uh, Creed mentioned it's stylish it's entertaining and I think that's why it's above Bird for me Bird I understand its importance and it's also mildly entertaining but Cat of Nine Tales is from start to finish just a fun ride and it's of course an Argento film so it's going to rank up pretty high on, on a lot of lists
0: Cool, and Chris, you're number three.
2: My number three is your vice is a locked room, and yet again, creep is the one with the key. This title gets better uh, and better. Give up that key, sure <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know what to say that hasn't been said. Um, it's uh. It's definitely a different film. It's uh, It's got its merits uh, in it being kind of creepy, and um, uh, Edwidge is great in it. I like the way that she plays, uh, that she's not playing a victim for once. Yeah. And uh, it's a very entertaining film, especially with the twists and the homage to Edgar Allan Poe and so on and
0: so forth. So There you have it. Oh, cool. cool. Well, my number three was a shock to me when I put my list together. I said, whoa! I couldn't believe it. But mine is um, Death Walks in High Heels. And I had no idea that I really enjoyed that movie that much. But in thinking back to it, it's really fun. And I remember when I watched it, I was like, fuck, this movie is going on forever and this is so stupid and that girl looks like a butthole. And... All this da- 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 da-, da 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 stuff, but at the end of the day, it's really fun. It's a really really fun movie. Like there were so many weird characters that could have been in a fucking Twin Peaks movie. Like it was like it was just it was good fun, and mm-hmm. I. It's it's surprising because I really did not think at all. I when when we first watched that movie, I'm like, well, there's my number ten. Like uh, I really was not a fan of it the, after the first viewing of it, but um, it really grew on me like a fungus or a some sort of STD or something like that.
1: Yeah, STD is probably pretty apt. Yeah, I, I'm tending to agree with you on that one. <laughs> It, it was fun, good times. Yeah, constructing my list after I had sent it to you, I kind of looked at it again. And I was like, damn it, because I, I had the exact same feeling as you. I was like, I was looking up pictures from it and and all that stuff. I'm like, I really enjoyed that movie. But it was it, a
0: weird fun movie. Yeah. It's not a movie that I would recommend to anyone either. But like, after this conversation we're having, I'm like, shit, I should really tell some people to watch that movie they'd probably like <laughs> it as long as I don't build it up at all if I go hey this movie's okay I might be interested in it yeah and then give it to them I think they'll like it
2: yeah I mean I think it depends like if you're if you've got somebody who's never seen a Jalo before that's probably not the first one you're gonna send them to but um, then again you know it's definitely it's kind of different it's 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 a lot more light hearted it's uh, a little bit on the silly side yeah. Um but it doesn't have that same kind of trashiness that like uh case uh case of the bloody iris or strip nude. It doesn't have that trashiness. Like it tries to be a legitimate thriller, but yeah. it also tries to be it tries to be silly at the same time. So
0: And when you think about it too, there are so many fucking characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. Right? There are a lot of fucking people in it. And it's like that could work against you a lot of times in these movies but i think these characters were so different from each other in the movie that it just made it fun and honestly in my top three i'm noticing that all three of these movies have like a ton of really fun archetypes that are in your shit, so yeah, so anyway, so moving into number two, um, I'll just come in with Eric on this one. We both have the same number two, okay, and that is five dolls for an August moon, yep, which is one of my favorites. It's so much fun, I just really, really like it. And again, with all the different characters that are so different, yet could be together like their motives and all that shit are so similar but they're so different that is intriguing to me especially
1: yeah this is one of the only jello movies uh the very select few that i felt like i wanted to be in there be part of that cast you know oh fuck yeah want to be at that party not cast but it'd be like actually part of the story uh (laughs) i'll risk death yeah, I would risk death just to sit on that spinning bed oh with Edwidge.
0: And it's just,
1: I mean, if you see where I put Girl Who Knew Too Much and where I put $5 for an August Moon, yeah, I, th- I think with both films, Baba has been kind of where he, he kind of you know, has hindsight where he's like, oh, well, I didn't like doing those movies or whatever. But with $5, I actually felt like he was lying, whereas Girl Who Knew Too Much and maybe I am spoiling it now, but I feel You're like he was dick. he was being honest where he, he felt like, you know, he didn't want to be there. But I felt like five dolls he was saying that because maybe it wasn't well received, but it was such a you could tell he put a lot of, of his, you know, love into it and and the, the techniques that he used and, and stuff like that. And the cast that he had was great. And I just really liked the location. It was very Kind of unlike a Jalo film, but very much like a you know, early 70s film.
0: Right? It was
1: like,
0: because to be honest, like that's like one of the like, worst locations for me in sense of Jalo. Yeah. But for some reason, I just absolutely fell in love with that place. It I love the great. establishing shots and, and all that. Totally. And you're number two, Chris. You guys there? Yeah, can you I, hear me?
2: I came out. I, I ducked out for a second.
0: Oh. oh. Well, you're we've been sitting you. here asking for your number two for, like, the last five minutes, and you're not responding.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, was, I was still talking about um, whatever that film was. Oh, uh, Five Dolls. Okay, my number two is Cat of Nine Tails. Um, and very much like Creep has already mentioned, um, if I had, like, some sort of a counter uh, that would increase the number of times I watched particular films I think Cat is at the top of the list I don't know why yeah. uh, it's certainly not the best Jallo ever made and it's certainly not my favorite Jallo and it's not my favorite Argento film um, despite what um, Eric would be hinting at or lead you to believe um, however uh, <laughs> I've watched it so many times and it's, it's like basically what creep was saying it's got this it's kind of got that thing where you know there's certain movies that you can start watching um in the middle of um trying to think of something that's modern that comes to mind like war games or shawshank redemption or something like that where it's like it doesn't matter where it's at you just turn it on and it's on like 20 years ago modern right like i mean right. modern compared to uh, cat of nine
1: tails okay um put teasing the old man
2: <laughs> yeah i guess i am the oldest um <laughs> but uh you know it's not likely that you're going to run into cat of nine tails being broadcast on tv um yeah. and watch it from the middle but still it's it was one of those films where i would put it on when i was going to bed because it was just a it's, it was just a nice... I, I was so comfortable with watching that film that I would put it on and it was like a... Like, like Creep said, you could almost put it on as background
0: um, in the background. I bet and, Argento and, would try to stab us in the face for saying this about it. <laughs> How dare you say my thriller is soothing?
3: Yeah,
2: but you yeah, bastards. I he,
0: hate, he hated that one. These directors, they all... They hate everything after yeah. they do it. <laughs> It's weird. I don't know why that movie's like that, though. <clears throat> it's so bizarre. But yeah, that it's... it's. I, I have a lot of,
2: you know, just emotional ties to Cat of Nine Tails. It's one of the first giallo that ever really just clicked with me. Like, oh, I'm watching... Like, I've seen Bird with the Crystal Plumage, and I've watched, um, you know, a cut version of Deep Red, and I've seen... Um you know, some of the other films that aren't necessary aren't necessarily Jalo, gi- but are come out of that movement out of that time period and then I watched Cat of Ninetales and I said, okay I get it this is exactly you know what the genre is about um and you know there are certain things in cat that aren't typical of the genre there's no black love killer um there there's but but there's, there's the the stalking scenes and the point of view shots and the uh like the music too. Just, the music was great, and and um, I don't know, just there's a lot about it that I, I like. It's it's kind of like one of those things where it's not the best, but it's your favorite anyway. So, is yeah. my long-winded answer for number two?
0: That's a good long-winded answer.
1: Well, we know you like that. Movie, so. Let's see, um, Eric, what's your number one? Drum roll, oh. please. Okay. Well, I'm flipping the script. From what uh, Creep had at number ten, because at number one I've got The Laughing Windows, and mainly because I picked it.
4: <laughs> also,
1: because uh, I know there's a there's a thing about locations and real. I feel like I'm coming to learn about myself more as a a giallo film enjoyer and watcher and connoisseur I feel like connoisseur. Uh, this film and Don't Torture a Duckling are two of my favorite quote-unquote jello films, so I'm starting to understand that maybe the rural setting has something uh, going for it as far as uh, how I get enjoyment out of it. I think maybe because uh, growing up, I grew up in a rural town, so I have these attachments to uh, this kind of a setting and the kind of people. You know, the, Hearing the, the you we- talk
0: is like a John Mellencamp song. I'm enjoying this great <laughs> There's deal. There's a lot of little pink houses
1: around. Uh, a lot of people named Jack. <laughs> you
3: know, it
1: was, it was just. A, I'm not gonna die in a small town unless I, I, go to Italy, and that might happen. But it's just, something about it just has that, yeah, it has that down home feeling to it. But it also has that kind of unsettling feeling to it. Like I don't really want to go back to that because of some of the things I heard about and and noticed you know on the area so it's just unsettling to me and that's what I think a giallo film should be
2: and it's you know it's worth noting that I don't know if you know if you decide to to preference rural setting giallos I don't know that there's going to be that many that you'll be able to watch
1: right (laughs) well I mean just just Ones that I'll enjoy watching over and over again as opposed to right. or die or something.
0: Well, and to go to what you're saying, like I know that we're going to have to watch Don't Torture Duckling eventually. So that's oh. going to have to be something that I get over because that's something that I've never wanted to watch. Yeah. So... Um, but I, it's garnered a lot of respect. So... Um, yeah that will probably be something to view
1: that will be the one when uh when you're off somewhere on gallivanting around the country chris and i will cover that one well
0: don't fucking cut me out of it
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, maybe we shouldn't tell me already recorded that one (laughs) it's actually
2: episode 21
1: I'm sorry that the beginning
0: of who saw, or not who saw her die, but the girl who knew too much is like happening like right now above my house over and over, <laughs> and, over and over again. That would but matter? dude, it's like crazy. Like I, I can't remember hearing them one after another like this. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but it's just like yeah. airplane, 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 airplane. Um, They're all smoking marijuana cigarettes on the plane. So no one would notice. Um, Chris, what is your number one?
2: Well, uh, duh. If, well, you're playing, if you're playing along at home and you've got the list of all of the films, and I haven't mentioned one yet, uh, it's Girl Who Knew Too Much, and I won't say why, because we're moving on to that film in just a little while.
0: Okay, cool. Then I will take the rest of the time of this segment and talk about Eyeball. Talk about Eyeball. The greatest movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is so much fun, and I know I said it on that episode, but it's like... It has almost everything I want in one of these films, and it's just, just nonstop action, good times, fun stuff, red weird rain crap. Yeah, and I think the red is just so unique compared yeah. to every other one of these movies, and well, not everyone, but um, at least the ones we've done. This has been super fucking unique, and it's just a fun movie you know it's just good times and it's got a great song i'll play it right now if it's not it goes <laughs> bump 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 that's my favorite part of the whole film <laughs> soundtrack <laughs> du, 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 du. i was great. going with you and you stopped sorry gosh this would be a horrible <laughs> karaoke partner <laughs> <It's> okay, <clears throat> so to let you guys know how the thing breaks down um, through my giant bell curve, um, who, saw or die, <laughs> um, who saw die? The chow chow meter. Who saw die is number 10. Number 9 is All the Colors of the Dark. Number 8 is Stage Fright. Number 7 is The Girl That Knew Too Much. Number 6 is Death Walks in High Heels number 5 is Eyeball number 4 is The House of Laughing Windows number 3 is Your Vice is a Locked Room and number 2 is Cat of Ninetales and number 1 baby $5 for an August Man shablowie not too bad Yeah, I'm kind of
2: happy with that result because the ones that really need to be at the bottom still
0: are at the bottom (laughs) oh you're such a power top
3: chris
0: (laughs) so that's that and i guess right now i'll play the trailer for the evil eye
4: The supernatural powers of the evil eye claim still another victim. Its malevolent enjoyment of tantalizing torture hangs threateningly over... John Saxon, Leticia Roman, and Valentina Cortesa. Oh, She was always against me! She hated me! Madness. And the maddening aura that destroys reason fills their every breath with the smell of death. have you ever seen the murder before
3: no no I've never seen anything like that never
4: oh stop playing games will you Landini? I don't know what you're trying to do but I know that you're you're involved in this perhaps Nora has seen the killer but how do we know that he hasn't seen her the evil eye like relentless tides reaches out for them and they defiantly hold ecstasy and horror in their arms and touch lips with terror while the evil eye watches their every kiss and invades their subconscious.
0: Was that yeah. the English version? Yeah, the evil eye, my friend. And if it wasn't been... for your Jalo score update, I would not have been able to find that.
2: I've I, ever since I've watched this the third for the third time, and it, it's obvious in watching it, you know, that it was filmed in English. I really want. To see an English version, right? Mm -hmm. I know that uh, I know that it's a different cut of the film. I know that they marketed it as something completely different than a Jalo. It was more like uh, the evil eye, and it was a little bit more on the supernatural tip. But still, um, you know, I want to hear um, what they recorded. It looks like I don't know if they recorded it on a sound stage or if they dubbed in the English, but from the trailer, uh, it seems to me that. it, it, it looks like that if it's dubbing, it matches pretty well against uh, how they filmed it. So,
0: yeah, and um, I'm sure we'll talk about this too. But I did read that Baba actually shot different stuff for the English release, and yeah. um, I would like to know what the fuck that means.
2: Well, what it if is? You look at, if you look at the trailer, there is a scene where. Um, where, uh, was it Nora? Is that the girl's character's name? Yeah. And uh, the doctor. They're kind of like... Um, they're, they're kind of uh, running around in the ocean together. Yeah. And that was not at all in the Italian film. So So do you think it was um,
0: more love story shit?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think they changed the, the pacing around a little bit. I think they made it more... Um, they made it more uh, kind of had a comedic side, more of a comedic side to it. And from what I read in one of the reviews, um, the ending is completely different. And we'll talk about it when we get to the end. I'm,
0: I'm very excited. I'm intrigued.
2: The ending in the Italian version is great. I love the ending in the Italian
1: version. So. Do you? I do. I think hey. I have the same raised eyebrow as Creep, too.
2: Well, I mean, clearly we're all operating on a different level. with eyeball being number one i'm raising the eyeball eyeball
0: (laughs) well i'll just take one out and put another one in (laughs) um but yeah okay um so chris this is your pick so why don't you um take us down the road of
1: this pick of yours
2: it doesn't really matter because no one likes it anyway
1: i like it i just like other (laughs) ones more (laughs) taking your ball and going home okay
2: so i had a lot of notes on the film um that i wanted to present tonight and i left them at work and the um my vpn which allows me to get into my computer at work is not working so i have to go uh improvise um i'm going to use wikipedia to help me along here Um, So, The Girl Who Knew Too Much, and uh, at this point in time it should be obvious to anyone who's following the Jalo at all that uh, The Girl Who Knew Too Much is is a little bit different than a lot of the films that we've covered, and primarily because we're talking about a film that's about nine years prior to the release of most of these films. Uh, Somewhere between 1970 and 1974 is where most of them came out, and this is a 1963 film um and there's a lot of information if you if you read about uh if you know if you read about when this film was released there's a lot of hype about uh how much uh hitchcock um opened up the doors for thrillers uh because of psycho uh uh, clearly because of all of his other films uh, but psycho really was the one that let everybody who was making films And realized that the public was into these things that were a little bit more um, dark and um, sinister than they had been, you know, they've been previously putting out. And so um, this movie, uh, three years later, uh, is clearly um, coming off the heels of all of that success. And at the same time, merging into the idea that there was this movement in Italy where they would take. Agatha Christie and Mickey Spillane and some of these other um, stories uh, translate them into Italian and call them giallo and put them out on yellow covers uh, you know because of that uh, giallo is the is the Italian word for yellow so um, this film is by most if not everyone's estimation or, or, or discernment um, the original giallo it's the first time that a film You know, this is debatable, obviously. There's probably a couple of films that were previous to this that had some elements, but for the the most part, Girl Who Knew Too Much, also called The Evil Eye uh, in in its English title, Um, basically is the first time we've got a film that kind of takes the thriller aspect, it takes the horror aspect that was more uh, associated with monsters and vampires, uh, the gothic horror aspect and merges it with a thriller and merges it with Hitchcock um, and kind of comes up with this formula. And it is a movie in black and white. It's in Italian. The, the only version that's available that I can find, at least, is in Italian. And um, it uh, stars uh, Leticia Roman, and uh john saxon who actually is i guess john saxon is an italian actor but speaks english um, and uh my favorite john saxon thing is uh, tenebrae um he was great in that but uh, again uh this is much earlier the film basically starts out with the plane uh ride and again the iconic um story of the tourist the foreigner coming to Italy. Um, She is young and uh, adventurous and she likes detective novels and she's going to Italy to uh, be with her, um, her sick aunt um, while she is uh, at her bedside, I guess she's dying. She's terminal when she gets to uh, Italy um, after a weird event in the airport uh, with some pot, um, she gets to her, uh, she, she, gets to find out that, uh, her aunt is, is pretty sick. Um, and it doesn't take very long for the, the aunt to go from sick to dying. Um, and the next thing we know, uh, the aunt's dead and, uh, Nora Davis, who is, uh, the character being played here, um, stumbles out into the town square, uh, the Piazza del something or other. Uh, which is a, a, a pretty famous place in Rome, I think. Um, you can tell by how you remembered it. The Piazza del Spagna, <laughs> the pizza, the pizza of Spain. Yes, um, <laughs> I'm hungry, so I need <laughs> uh, go anyway, to pizza. anyway. Um, she 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 kind of wanders out distraught in the middle of the night after her um, white uh, after her uh, her aunt dies. Um, she's a foreigner. She's tired from the trip. She's distraught from the death. And uh, then she gets mugged uh, and passes out in a fantastic shot of her laying on the ground uh, with this very uh, slick uh, leather raincoat and um, nothing underneath, I don't think. Um, she, wakes, she wakes up in this kind of hazy, foggy state to see what appears to be a murder being committed. Uh, and then passes out again um uh the next day she comes to she's in the hospital um they're trying to convince her that this is all in her mind but she knows better and um decides to do her own detectiving detectiving that's as dun, bad dun, as dun. Uh, what was the word that you used the own uh what was uh, that i don't know you shouldn't
0: remember i guess yeah
3: yeah
2: um so she decides to take the investigation uh, in her own hands uh, with the help of the doctor they uh, follow a bunch of different leads um, some weird um, some weird twists and turns and eventually um, there is a final uh, confrontation scene uh, where the murderer is revealed and um, it, it all centers around basically this event that happens in the Piazza uh, del Spagna the Pizza del Spagna um it's it's one of those things where okay this the the main event the main um, plot device happens here in the beginning of the movie and we're going to keep returning to it um and so without getting too much further into the details i figured we would talk about um the film and what we liked and didn't like about it um because that's the basic plot you know you've got uh an amateur detective you've got a killer um you've got an investigation you've got um uh, a lot of the things, and if we if we go to uh, not to plug my own site, but I'm going to plug my own site, um, Jaloscore.com. Oh, that site. Uh, yeah, you know that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> we've got uh, we've got a few um, we've got a few things in the score that are certainly missing. Um, we don't have black gloves. That's the big one. Uh, gla- black gloves made their appearance in Baba's next film, Blood and Black Lace um and um we also don't have a a a film that was uh, made between 70 and 75 which would get it another five points or so uh so on the jalo score um it it, it gets a 71 uh, but you're talking about a film that was made in 1963 uh, and and what i find interesting personally is that when i came up with the criteria for the jalo score for the website I didn't have this film in mind because it was kind of like, okay, well, this is this is a film that really is kind of a, a, a prerequisite to um, the the main films of the genre. And it kind of, you know, it's it's a detect it's an amateur detective and a killer, but beyond that, it probably doesn't have any merit on the Jalo score. And now that I've watched it and scored it, it it's it's up pretty high. It's in the seventies, um, which uh, there's a lot of films that are below seventy. Uh, that were made uh, in during the time period. Blood and Black Lace, for example, has got a lower score. Um, House of Laughing Windows has got a $65 for an August Moon, has a $58. Um, and again, for anybody who isn't familiar with my website, these scores don't mean that it's the higher score means it's a better film. It just means how much did it conform to the standards.
0: How uh, jolly is
2: it? How jolly is it, right? So, like, Stage Fright gets a 21 So... That to show you how jolly it is it's very jolly but not jolly
1: you guys still let uh, me on the show
2: <laughs> on. i never really so um yeah that's that's kind of like my intro and now um i will eventually talk about how much i like the film but let's hear from uh the peanut gallery first
1: well can i ask for a clarification on the black glove uh tr- trademark being in the film because mm-hmm. i i feel like i saw her when she was putting the trying to like you know, she had that pack of marijuana cigarettes at the beginning, and she was trying to sneakily drop it on the ground so people wouldn't catch her with it. I thought she was wearing a pair of black gloves, but the, does it need to be on the killer? Is that what you're yeah. saying?
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. And because it's black and white, it, those could have been red gloves.
1: Hey, I'm
0: talking to you.
2: <laughs> and, and and maybe even not so much on the killer, but, but on the hands of whoever appears to be possibly the killer at that moment. Oh, okay. The, you know, it could the killer hand. It could it, it could be that you know, you've got a, a situation where you've got an accomplice and there's multiple killers like I think in Bird with the Crystal Plumage we had murders by the main killer, the woman but we had a couple of murders from the or maybe we had a, one murder from the man and I, I can't remember whether they were always wearing black gloves but um, at any rate, that's... Yeah. Uh,
1: He's trying to catch you in a trap. Eh, can't do it. Doesn't? Yeah, just, I think it's impossible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not impossible. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, just the, haven't gotten there yet. The first thing I will say about the girl who knew too much is that I really don't think she knew much of anything.
1: <laughs> she knew too much, but nothing at all. Because... Apparently everyone thought, I don't know, maybe it was it's a It's just conspiracy. like that song
0: that says something like uh, something you say something when you say nothing at all. I don't know. Some chick singing. It could be a country song. I don't even remember.
1: Bad analogy. The thing she said running through my head. That song. Uh, no, Tattoo.
0: no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well,
0: okay. Getting back to this. Yeah. No, I mean, I understand, like, she knew too much by knowing very little, but maybe I was expecting, like, that one movie with the guy who knew everything that knew too much.
2: I think that, um, really what we have to talk about here is the fact that, um, they clearly, uh, named this film for its name recognition, and number two... Um, basically there's a scene where somebody who shouldn't see something saw something, which is the exact same thing as what happens in uh, the Hitchcock film. So, I hope that maybe you can give it some more points now that we've explained this to you, Creep, and that it really has nothing to do Mm -hmm. with the fact that she knows anything.
1: And they do say the line in the movie, too.
0: Yeah. I think I'll give you more points for um, just all the condonesh. Whoa. (laughs)
1: Must be the the Benadryl. (sighs) I'm all the condescending.
0: Yeah, you guys are being really condescending to me right now. Mainly you, Chris. (laughs) That's okay. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Oof. I just totally halted there. But yeah, um, there are some things, like the typical things that I like about a movie. That I think I like about this. Like, for instance, she had on this kind of bitch and snake skin jacket when she was in line at the airport. Right. Now, if that was just a normal snake skin, it might not have been that impressive. But what if it was hot pink? What if it was like a weird mustard? We don't know. know. We don't know. And it could have been great. Or it could have been like fucking like... I don't know, like icky orange.
1: I think it was seafoam green.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know, but um, I do, and I think this is just my love of the '60s. Like, I loved almost everything she wore in this whole movie. Yeah. her Her wardrobe was great, and especially that little tiny nighty she had on when she found her aunt dead. Whistle, whistle. Yep. Hot tomorrow. And, and I was...
2: And and again, this is the same question that I brought forth with uh, the um, the films with uh, the butthole woman. Um, There are there are some scenes where she is absolutely stunning, and then there's some other scenes where she looks kind of more like a housefrau, kind of like I guess. And I guess it might be the haircut, the hairstyle, like the scene where um, the four nuns. Uh, and all their habits come together to make a flower and then they open up and there she's sitting there in the hospital bed. She looked terrible in that scene. Yeah. But when she's laying in the hospital. Yeah, I know. You're not really supposed to look that good in the hospital. It's not a soap opera. You're right.
1: (laughs) Easy. Okay, guys. Sorry, you were just in the ER.
0: I know. Yeah. Well, and then I have a love for soap operas, so be careful. Be careful. (laughs) No, I know what you're saying, though. Like... There are times when she doesn't look spiffy. But, um, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of. um, There was. Like, because this is a black and white movie, like, um, a lot of the beauty in this is playing with the shadows. And all the stuff at night, for the most part, except for one scene, is just gorgeous like I just absolutely love it it's so cool it's so well done but then when you get in the day it's like there was almost it feels like a lot of it it's just like there was like no thought it was just like okay put the camera there shoot all right put the camera there shoot and I understand to an extent that they were probably thinking like the core of this is gonna be how awesome we play with light and shadow during the night's shots but um that was kind of it put me off a little bit but there were some things like when i was watching it and i didn't really know anything about this movie before i watched it other than what like this is the first shallow but um as far as bava goes i felt like there wasn't as much bobba ish stuff in it, like the camera movements, um, what typically what he does, and I think a lot of that just is him progressing, you know. Because I mean, like when you have like Blood and Black Lace, and um, even Five Dolls and stuff, uh, and Twitch of the Death Nerve or whatnot the camera work is so much different than it is in this movie and one of the things that I always catch myself doing that sucks is instead of just watching a movie and appreciating a movie I constantly start comparing it to the other works of that director and so on the second viewing of this I tried to like just ignore every other thing I've seen by him and just like focus on this movie as a single entity and i enjoyed it more that right during that watch of it um <clears throat> the humor in it uh even i i don't know if like the time period made a difference for it but it seemed like there was a lot of like really kind of risque humor and stuff in it like specifically the beach scene you know like that whole thing was like really and like the first time i watched it i was like oh dude you got to be fucking kidding me right this is it this is how
1: she finds out <laughs> it's kind of unintentionally funny
0: yeah and then it was just like no this guy just wants to get his carrot wet dude he's like yeah. bitch i've been running around with you all fucking day and it's turned out nothing so i'm gonna get what's mine you broke my fucking finger this is it we're we're gonna Go, to yeah, but do, right you
2: guys, do you guys really think that the, the face that he made in that scene was a serious face? See, I got the impression that he was pretending to be this sinister killer to scare her. And then, you know, I, I'm getting the sense that you guys are thinking that he was, that he had the. The sinister face on his face because he basically just had blue balls and <laughs> couldn't take it anymore.
0: No, I mean, I know it, it's one of those things. It's very beach blanket bingo in the sense that they made him have that face to make that scene work. Because it's totally against his character, the whole rest of the movie and everything before it. Like right. that one moment is completely not his character. And, right. um, but I think that's what makes that part really funny right you know and then it has that super doris day type movie cut where it's like he kisses her smash cut to like eight hours later and they're still kissing (laughs) a different location (laughs) um so like little things like that cracked me up you know but like eric said it's not intentional probably and it's
2: and it's so opposite than what we've seen with jalo which is that instead of doing that super jump cut, instead they do this thing where they're in the middle of a conversation and it cuts to them in a completely different scene in a completely different time period and yet they're still talking about the same thing like in mid-sentence.
0: That was House of Laughing Windows and I don't even think I brought that up last time. That was driving me fucking crazy with that (laughs) movie. But anyway. Um, But yeah, it's totally different Um, as far as um, I thought one of the like best scenes like that worked the best was the aunt on the bed when she was dead and the lights were going off and on and the bed was shaking and she started freaking out but it was just because the cat was like clawing at the side of the bed and trying to get up on the bed that was fucking classic dude that was so well done and if I was there I would have killed that aunt before she died just because of her shrill ass voice that was like the most like nails on a chalkboard thing ever like it was like
3: it's
0: like bitch you are lucky I am not there right now but um, that was a great great scene that was like probably I mean there's like three or four scenes in this movie that are just amazing and that's easily one of them
1: agree and creep you're keeping me from going on on my rant that I had planned for tonight do it but well you, you pretty much hit on everything that I, was kind of bothering me about this film like, like the first 10 minutes I felt like I was watching you know I actually had to check make sure I wasn't watching a Hitchcock film I just got really involved into it really enjoyed the the interaction on the plane and in the airport and with the, all, all the marijuana talk and, and the cops dragging the guy away after she had you know kind of built this nice rapport with him and then uh then the next 10 minutes was more like you know the bava films that i just i really enjoyed like black sabbath with you know the old lady on the bed and all the creepy shadows and and playing with that sort of thing and and then playing with it when he goes into the the pizza day spam or whatever you were calling it it's the pineapple pizza just continue yeah so yeah you know that that long shot of the stairwell as she's kind of wandering down and she's we don't know if she's hallucinating we don't know if she's this unreliable narrator uh, and things like that and it just you, i was i was like all right hit, I'm getting you hit into this.
0: something on the head and i'm gonna interrupt you just so i don't forget it because i it was at the top of my list and i already forgot it the thing i hated about this movie was the fucking narrator absolutely hated it oh yeah <laughs> i thought it totally takes you out of the movie and it and like you're watching, out of everyone, Bava would be able to express one's mm-hmm. thought through actions because we've seen him do it in a ton of other fucking movies. Yeah, that like really, like Grinch Or something. But even Wars in the Carl Grinch, off. in the Grinch, like you're led to believe that the narration is coming from him, and in this, it seems like it's coming from her, but it's a dude. Yeah, and it's just weird. I don't know. Yeah, it's and, like, and he was this like, guy? Why does he know like, so much? Oh, yeah! That is in the cupboard! Like, he gets excited for her when she remembers something. Doesn't that... he call her an idiot at one point?
1: <laughs> I don't... really an idiot would. <laughs> something like that.
2: Yeah, that is a, a, that is a good point, and I think the thing that I noticed a lot, or the, one of the things that I took away from, from this um, was that... Uh, you don't really have this is like you didn't really have narrators in jalo films um i remember i think it's at the beginning of uh suspiria it's like Susie kendall goes out to and uh to the to a dance academy in freiburg germany and blah 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 and i think that that might have been like a nod to maybe a nod to this film i don't know um because it's kind of the same idea except for the fact that um there's no more narration in Suspiria after you get past the very first uh, time when they do it Um, but you know I I noticed that too I was like well this is kind of odd but again every time I every time I thought that something was a little out of place or just didn't conform to Jalo standards like we're we're accustomed to I just kept thinking about you know how how old the film was so
0: and Eric, I didn't mean to... I mean, I did mean to interrupt you. I specifically said I was going to do it, but um, <laughs> you can <laughs> keep going. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, yeah. I was just just saying, I, I really appreciated the... And I know movies aren't shot in sequence, obviously, but for some reason, I felt like this, this one was very strong in the beginning, and so I felt like he must have shot that stuff at the beginning uh, for some reason, because I felt like everything afterwards, it just like it plateaued. And I know he says that he didn't like filming this. I know he says he can't even remember the actor's names, you know, as an insult to them. Wow. And so I'm just, I'm wondering if someone pissed him off or something. And like, he just sabotaged the film because like you're saying, the day shots are just like, fuck it. I'm just gonna put the camera here. I don't care. And
0: well, there is one,
1: there's a shot at night too, that I don't understand what the fuck.
0: It's just so not Bob. It's like the, it's a, medium shot of the two of them standing at the door Uh after they were out all day or whatever and they're like talking for like a good minute and a half and the camera does it's just like a very boring static shot of two profiles of them talking and I'm like if this was a Bava movie he would be like moving that camera or zooming up their fucking nose or something would be fucking happening right now and it just felt so out of place yeah it just felt like really out of place
1: yeah. yeah, it's just uh, not to, yeah I mean, there were definitely things little touches and scenes that I liked about it as well, like you were mentioning and that kind of sparking in my mind uh, I like I like the fact that she was a, a fan of you know those little pocketbook creamy novels or whatever mm-hmm. and and that she used the, those to set up little booby traps in her house. And the powder was
0: amazing that I mean, that's the so one part good. of the
1: narration that I, I didn't mind of when he was talking about the talcum powder and, and, and that sort of thing, um, I kind of—it was just—it
0: was silly. It's like, oh, talcum powder, yes. Yeah. Oh. It was
1: just—it was a little weird, but like that whole bit was great, and you yeah. knew. Like, <laughs> and that's how they're... you kind of know that this is one of those early Jello. Like people point back to it as being an, an early Jello film and all the influence that Jello pulled from earlier from Hitchcock and these German novels. And it's because, I mean, this is definitely the the transition period where you get to see those old thrillers and then the new ones from the '70s. It's you know mixing that old style of booby traps with the talcum powder and that scene was super Home Alone,
0: dude.
1: Uh huh. He (laughs) took a fucking digger, dude. (laughs) Poor John Saxon. And I can't believe all he did was break his finger. Like that fall looked meaty as shit, and then (laughs) everything (laughs) fell on top. Bruised up his eye, I think. around his eye but yeah so yeah like i was saying i I know it's you know he baba has got a lot of complaints about this film he didn't like the script even though he's credited as a writer i think and there was a a thing a major part about the script that bothered me um if i could you know i guess channel my inner creep and talk about the the alphabet killings a little bit, Uh, the fact that the serial killer that they're following has this uh, M.O. of killing people uh, by their last name, if it's, you know, A, B, C. But all they'd gotten through was A, B, and C, and somehow they, you know, came to this quick conjecture that, oh, they're going to kill D next, because this is the alphabet killer. They've killed A, B, and C already. You know, I could see maybe A through N, or A through P. But but that's a (laughs) big jump. That's, yeah, exactly.
0: You know what's funny? Like, to channel your inner creep, I didn't even notice that as something that was annoying. <laughs> but good job, me. I feel like I'm growing. You. Yeah. That didn't bother me at all. But that's a really fucking good point, though. I mean, like, no, the... No, no. Well, it is, in the I'm sense gu- that... I'm
2: kidding, I'm kidding,
0: I'm kidding, No, 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 but listen, like, these movies are... And again, and we say these movies, and this is technically the first one, but, like, one of the things is is that the police are fucking the most incompetent organization ever and the fact that they figured out ooh, the alphabet killer and it's almost like I wonder if they just said that or the media said that and then the killer's like, oh shit, that's a pretty fucking good idea. I'm gonna that go with be. that.
1: That could be too, yeah. It's very sensationalized and I think uh, the, the, house, the lady that owned the house, uh, Laura she said something at the end like it was a brilliant. It was a brilliant idea, but she never explains what's so brilliant about killing people by their last name A through Z. I don't. I don't really understand the brilliance. Of and it. that was a spoiler, in case you guys weren't aware of that. Well, didn't we decide that? We're not doing. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's from 1963. That they've had more than a couple weeks to watch this movie. Oh yeah. They had yeah. A...
0: They oh, they out. actually did. You guys can all fucking suck it. Yeah, you can <laughs> climb a
1: rope,
3: naked,
2: <laughs> slide
0: back down. So,
1: um,
3: well,
2: I mean, uh, so so let me let me bring up something before I forget. Um, I know we talked about this before, and I don't know if we talked about it specifically with Bava. I'm seeing, I seem to remember that it was with Bava that we talked about this. But, um, is, is there any like, is, is there any validity to the theory of okay? You've got this director and he's still, you know, I don't know to what extent at 1963, Bava had a lot. It doesn't seem to me like with as prolific as Bava was and however many genres he did, it seemed like he was under the pressure of the studio uh, more often than he was his own boss. Yeah. And I wonder if, you know, he was pissed off about making this movie. Um, simply because it was like, well, we've got to cash in on this psycho thing, and we've got to cash in on this Hitchcock thing, and it seems like, and, and this is this is uh, you know clearly a question for our foreign correspondent. If he, you know, it, 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 I don't know how much it applies now in, in two thousand fourteen that he would even remember, but um, you know, what what was is there a tremendous amount of pressure to to duplicate or replicate what's going on in Hollywood because that's what Italians want to see. That's what Europeans want to see. They want to see American-type films. I mean, that, that's... Uh, I mean, at so, this point, again, he
0: already had made quite a few movies.
2: Yeah, definitely. You know? and he, Black Sunday was had come before this and completely different films. So. Well,
0: I know that the, the, the title this movie was shot under was Incubus. So the title of The Girl Who Knew Too Much was definitely made by the producers at some point either during or after production. Right. So that could have pissed him off if he thought like, hey, I made this really good thriller and now you're just going to make it look like a fucking Hitchcock ripoff like by actually fucking calling it that. Like I could see how that would piss him off.
1: I thought after Black Sunday he kind of got a lot, a little more creative freedom, but maybe I'm thinking of it backwards. Maybe he got less. I don't know because <laughs> they wanted to market him so much after that success that they kind of ran him into the ground. Well, do
0: you know if um, he had made other
1: pictures for this company? I don't. I know that this? American International, when they brought this over to America under the Evil Eye, they had brought over, you know, Black Sunday and Black Sabbath and reworked those as well. So maybe he was kind of upset about that. But did he,
0: the company that he actually made this movie for? I think Black Sabbath he made with this one. Okay. Yeah, that actually would make sense because I was reading about the score that um, the guy who did the score for both of those movies, um, he didn't meet with them, meet with the composer. It was just like they picked the composer, and they already had the music picked out, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And he didn't have a say in it. But then he went on to make like the next five or six movies he did. He did with this same composer, like actually working with him during it.
1: Okay. So. Yeah, there was something about this score that just felt kind of detached and like, personal. Well, they played the same song like 80 fucking times. And that, that was probably, That's probably it. Yeah.
0: The, I don't know if that was the killer's tape player, but then like when she found the tape player and they turned it on, the song was like playing like it twice as fast. <laughs> yeah, I like that part.
1: <laughs> that was funny fun. as shit, dude. Yeah.
0: And that song totally reminds me of that Ravi Shankar song from Ghost World.
1: Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I can't, can't recall it.
0: Okay. <laughs> Never <right>. mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I really liked about this was that um, when they were doing the flashbacks, it looked like they were like underwater. That was a really neat effect
1: that they did. Um, oh yeah. I remember that? That
0: that was super cool. I like that a lot too.
1: Yeah, pretty stylish.
0: Oh, and let me say that when they were talking to that maid who had to clean the statue's feet for some fucking reason um, when she was talking about the girl the daughter of the guy who died in the asylum or whatever she's like yeah she got all this money and went out and leased a fiat 500 I was like damn I'm like you go bitch get in that little putt putt and get the fuck out of town I was like all excited that was great put that hair down
2: <laughs> what the uh, What was it that the uh what was the guy's what was the guy's name the, the 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 police officer who owned the hotel I think it started with an L I can't remember his character's name
0: like I said I had all these notes The main guy they were looking for half the movie Yeah um Len, Landrini no. Landrini That's Solcini? it No no Not Land- Landini <laughs> Landini Landini. Landini the Landini. Magnificent. He was a magician. And he's like, I'm going to disappear in this box.
1: No, that was kind of a funny search when they were looking for him, and they, they just kept directing them to other people. And then he's like, yes, I'm in the house. Yep, he was in the household. Yeah.
2: Oh, so anyway, no, I, uh, my question was, um, in that scene where they talk to the maid, um, who's, for some reason, polishing statues in yeah. town square, um, when they talk to her, she's 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 offering up all this information and then Landini goes and talks to her on the DL and then she comes back and she says, I don't want to talk about that anymore. And of course, I'm totally making that up because it was in Italian.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: so I don't know how she sounded in Italian, but I, I just... I, I did her voice in English, even though she never spoke English. Um, awful. So I, yeah, it was. <laughs> um, so I don't know, like... I what did what 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 do you guys think that they talked about that would make well, her all of a sudden she called him
0: and she's like up. hey fucker i saw you talk to her after you said you were leaving and then i went talk right. to her she told me to kick rocks and he's like yeah yeah you're right and then she's like hello hello and he's like yeah i'm still here <laughs> <laughs> that was great that was so good but then he's like yeah come over in an hour and i'll tell you what she said cuz i think i cracked this open so <clears throat> she had to have said something about laura i would assume or else why he need to be killed right but that yeah that's not my biggest plot problem with this but um yeah that was
2: you know i mean i didn't find that to be a pot a pot problem a plot (laughs) problem uh what i did um I just did. I just wondered, you know, what what they could have possibly discussed. You know, it was one of those things where it was in that plot such
0: problems. short amount of time,
2: right? But you know, there's always that. He probably said, "Was it Laura?" So, yeah, leave me alone.
0: And he's like, "Okay, thanks." <laughs> end of discussion. See, my my plot problem is the pot problem. <laughs> right. Now at the end it's- of at the end of the movie like i like how they did that whole thing with the cigarettes. she tried to drop them and then some guy's like here and you dropped your cigarettes and then she's like okay so instead of throwing them in the trash can i'm gonna bury them in my purse while i go through customs and hope nobody looks whatever um but then she smokes cigarettes the whole fucking movie and then she's like oh wait i have cigarettes in my bag and then she remembers oh wait those are marijuana cigarettes
2: Maybe I dreamed the whole
0: thing. What the fuck was that about?
1: It was a 90 minute PSA. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think, like, just... I don't know. I think, too, like, he might have been, been... Bavia... Bava might have been mad because he actually knows what it's like to smoke marijuana and says, like, none of this would ever happen to someone smoking pot. Right.
4: Like, right. that's
0: not what marijuana does. Like, it was just, like, the weirdest. Thing. And if, seriously, we're supposed to think that maybe some of this movie was a dream at this point, that's like right. crazy-ass balderdash shit right there.
2: <laughs> but, you know, it's very similar to um, the ending of uh, Five Dolls, where, you know, you, you finally get you know to understand what was going on and and who was responsible and then it's like the girl who already spent two of the three million dollars and please give me the code for the other one and i'm gonna go drive off and spend the rest of the money like there's it's just that comic twist at the end and um and with with twitch of a death nerve it's the same thing like the, the kids decide that they're gonna pretend to shoot mom and dad but they really do and you know, after that, you are spoiling movie.
0: every movie for you listeners out there. So make sure you've seen every movie that we could ever possibly talk about.
2: We did, uh, we, we've covered these already. Yeah, we did. Okay. Um, you know, so in in Bay of Blood or Twitch of the Death nerd, you have 90 minutes worth of backstabbing and, and, and killing and, and who's covering for who and who. And then all of a sudden, the kids just shoot the killers in the head um, just because they think it's a joke. And I think that's kind of B- Baba's little thing. Like, I'm just going to throw this dumb thing here in the end just to, like, give you guys the middle finger. Like, it's 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 really not serious. That, that's and, my
1: sabotage
0: theory. And you would have thought that after the first shot, that right. the kid would have said, oh, shit, that gun's got some kick to it. I think... For yeah. the, as far as the joke goes the real joke there was the priest like getting hit with the cigarettes and he's like ooh what's this I'm gonna pick it up and run away like, right. this. like
1: a Charlie Chaplin movie you yeah, know right. like that was that was ridiculous that part was pretty funny but yeah I, I don't think that she actually dreamt it all I don't think that was the whole thing the whole plot but I do think it was a very uh, just dumb lackluster ending um <laughs> Although Chris like, really likes the ending, kids don't smoke these. Cigarettes are bad for you. I learned my lesson, you
0: know. <laughs> oh. If you smoke cigarettes, went... you could get arrested in an airport, or yeah. worse,
2: yeah, I mean, I, did, I didn't get any of that from the ending. I, I think I'm not as 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 jaded as the astute movie. is the word you're looking. For. <laughs> maybe we just
1: maybe we just need a new translation.
2: I think it was just like hey let's 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 make this even more kind of strange and and put the thought in, in the viewer's head like hey maybe she dreamed the whole thing and um, I'll segue this into the ending the American version of the ending as far as um, I gotta find the hopefully I can find, quickly find the website that talked about this but if I can't no big deal um, I'll wing it I'll make it up in, in the American version they're standing there and of course they, from what I understand they removed all the pot references because it was too controversial in 1963 oh my god and so um, instead there's the, the discussion about how she's not going to get involved in figuring out murder mysteries anymore she's just going to you know bone her new boyfriend and in the distance behind her someone gets shot and killed and um i think like the way that they describe the scene is she looks over and notices it and then he says something like what was that and she goes oh nothing i wasn't paying attention and then the movie ends so um, so uh, clearly a different version for um the american audience but uh
0: was that the only difference in the ending like was there anything different in the plot drop and the killer and all that other stuff
2: not that i read because that was the only website where i read that they where they did a comparison between the two um obviously the you know we talked about the um we talked about the soundtracks being different um but other than that i uh i don't know what else was uh
0: what else was different so so okay you know, in the, in the in the you know, in the movie when she gets to Laura's house the first time they're there, and there's a picture of her husband on the piano or whatever. Right. And then it pulls back, and then it's an empty picture frame.
2: Yeah, let's talk about that because. Let's that talk one, about that. that Help one, me. That one totally threw me. I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck was that? <laughs>
0: Really at first it. I thought that was like a really cool, like, oh man, that reveal is gonna be tits, dude. That's gonna be so fucking hardcore. And then it wasn't there anymore, right? So well, that, what, that,
2: what, that's one of my notes. One of one of my notes is why? Why would she stay in that house? I mean, like, if she did actually notice the picture, and again, I don't know what happened to the picture. Maybe the Laura took the photo out of the picture at some point when she knew that you know that nora was going to stay um but then she finds the clippings of these murders along with little kids blocks of the alphabet and you can't i mean i, I you know you don't have to be a csi uh person to figure out that the killer lives here i mean come on it's ridiculous um, but again, you know, it's 1963 And I guess they were trying to say, you know Look how naive this woman is She's she's living right under the killer's nose And she doesn't know it you know, Maybe that was what it was Another you thing
0: know. she didn't know too much of
2: She didn't know anything, right?
0: No oh. <laughs> No, that was I, That really um, Kind of threw me And then for a minute I thought that Landini Took the picture But then I'm like, why would the fuck would he have done that? Like, the whole Landini thing was really weird, because it seemed like he was like a red herring. Right. But then when he gives his reasonings for things, it seemed really flat to me. Yeah. That could have just been me, though. But um, that whole thing was kind of weird. Now, with um, the reveal of the killer and her big like monologue about why she did what she did and how she met her demise how do you feel about that ending chris well
2: uh i think you know by the time i got to the ending and her reveal i was not even paying that much attention um so she basically said look uh actually uh i take that back in one, in one aspect, I was paying attention because I was trying to decide if the motive was a revenge motive or if it was a monetary gain motive because I was trying to score the film. And it kind of was a little bit of both. Like, she was... Like, her, her sister was always trying to undermine her so it was a revenge thing, but then it really was ultimately so that she would be able to keep her money so it was a monetary game thing so um, but you know it, she was she confessed that uh, she made up this idea of the of the uh, of the alphabet killer um, I mean it's a good thing that her sister's last name didn't start with the letter S or T because she would have had a lot of work to do she only had to get the T um, which made sense because you have these three murders and it just fit. I think it just fit perfectly in, in, in enough of a time sequence. Like we've got one murder. Okay, it's it's a, it's an anomaly. We've got two murders, and they kind of fit the same bill. So maybe there's a uh, maybe there's a pattern here. And now we have the third one. Now let's put two and two together and get A B C. You know. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I think that I think that you you've got this thing where again Baba is trying to tap into these thrillers that were uh, up until now just literary thrillers um and try to turn this you know this revelation scene into something visually uh, appealing um with all the shadows going on in the room and the lights coming through the the wall with the bullet holes and um you know so there was a lot that he was trying to do atmospherically um And yet, you know, there was that whole thing of psycho at the end here. You know, we're sitting here with the with the police inspector or the psychologist, and he explains exactly why Norman Bates did what he did. So I think there's a little bit of that in there, too. So, um, you know, I think I think it's a hodgepodge. I think it's like, you know, you've got you've got a film where it's like, okay, he's trying to do something new um, and inadvertently starts. You know, it gets the ball rolling on a genre that would eventually have over a hundred films in it. But at the same time, he's trying to cash in on things that have been done previously in America specifically. Um, and so it, it, it's it's kind of it, it, it's I don't know. I wouldn't say it's uneven in that regard, but it's it's uh, it's it's not it's not kind of leaning to all towards one side, I guess.
0: Well, I think my question is like as far as like the blocks go. Now, on the A, B, and C victims, were they found with a block?
2: No, I don't think so. I think so. I, what the what fuck I, was what, that
0: thing of blocks what, for?
2: What I got out of it was this just fetish, fetishistic um, preoccupation that that Laura had with the alphabet. Like she was, just she, she was clearly, um, you know, being portrayed as mentally. You know, incompetent and maybe childlike in in a in a way. Um, so the blocks are just kind of like. But let let's be honest. The blocks were put there as a device for the film and have nothing to do with Laura or why she kept them. Um, That's yeah. probably what it really is. But if we if we're trying to if we're trying to figure out why we can justify it, I guess what I my take on was that you know you've got this this childish kind of mentality and fetishizing over the fact that she was killing these people just to kind of get to her sister and you know sibling rivalry goes back all the way to um you know the early childhood years so maybe there's a bit of that in there too because it was all about the sister
0: was really was the husband in that office the whole time like was he being like held there that i don't know that's a good question And did he find the girl and then pull the knife out of her to try to cover up the murder for the wife? Like, Crystal Plumage-ish?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not... I don't know what you guys think, but it's not entirely clear as to whether he was an accomplice or whether he just clearly wanted to cover things up, like he was afraid of getting caught. He did want her to, to be killing people, but... He didn't want her, his wife, to go to jail, so he was helping her cover it up. And being an accomplice, you, you can define it as that certainly, but you know the other type of an accomplice is somebody who's, you know, also in it for whatever it is that the motive is for. Yeah. So um, it's hard to say, but it, you know, it's it seems like okay, you know, the the woman um, that was murdered, um, you know, he comes out and he pulls the knife out and pulls their body in. Um, but now I'm forgetting who the
0: uh, the girl who was the, that got who the girl
2: was that got killed yeah. the
0: daughter of the guy who they arrested oh, right. for the murder of the first three people
2: that's right okay
0: but that whole thing was weird too because when I was watching it I think this is what threw me the first time <clears throat> was that the first time i was watching it it made it seem like and i know this is what the plot was trying to do was making it seem like that maybe she had like psychic powers and she witnessed the murder that took place 10 years ago or something like that and so they were like trying to figure out what happened during that murder 10 years ago like that whole thing was like really weird and then all of a sudden oh wait no there was another murder my bad sorry you're not a crazy bitch (laughs) <laughs> um, uh here's our evidence box please don't go looking for the killer take the button yeah, please, take the button, take please don't, the button. yeah th- please don't take this button but take it <laughs> <laughs> that whole bit i was just like what the fuck is happening so but once you realize that she actually did see a murder at that exact time and she probably was a little stoned right at that time Like, it kind of starts to make a little bit of sense, but at that time, do I really care? Like, all that other shit had happened, and I'm just like, ugh.
2: Are are we supposed to make the assumption that she just continued to smoke those cigarettes all through the film, and that's why she was, like, high constantly? But then
0: she just automatically remembered when she gave John Saxon a cigarette that they have marijuana in them? That was the thing (laughs) I was having a problem with.
2: But here's the thing How many days went by I mean she She clearly would have Finished that pack of cigarettes If they were a normal Pack of cigarettes She wouldn't have had Well know, if she chain smokes Yeah But I mean I mean even if she, Even if she did There's 20 in there She probably would Smoke three or four Or five a day I would imagine She'd go through all of them And if she was Constantly getting high I think
0: You know I, I think what,
2: what She'd probably be A lot
0: less stressed If she was constantly Getting high
2: Yeah of course
0: Well, Eric, what do you think about
1: kidding? all this? <laughs> oh, well, you guys are having such a fun time. I don't know. I, I'm just like the, the the taxi driver listening to my two occupants talking. Holy cab crap!
0: Uh-oh. Eric,
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry. You didn't have any questions for me, so that's fine. Eric, <laughs> what do you think about all of this
0: stuff?
2: <laughs> I reiterate
1: Oh well I, I just figured you were asking Chris Because he's all alone over there in, in the corner getting attacked by us But what do I think about That's okay <laughs> About the film Yeah I just you know the, By the time it got to the ending I don't know if we're still talking about the ending or what But kind of moved all, all over the place But when, it, when she was talking about how brilliant she was You know for the alphabet thing Even though it had only been A, B and C you know, it was just kind of, and I, I don't know what was going on with, with the guy, and, and I'm, in, I'm in the same boat as you, Creep, where I was like, so did she see a murder 10 years ago? Oh, nope. They just throw it in there. Nope, this just happened yesterday. It was this girl, and we did actually see the guy taking the knife out of her back, but why? You know, because he's covering it up for her? I don't know. And then he ends up, spoiler alert, shooting her.
0: Yeah, to, that was really see. weird, too. How did he know she was
1: right against the door? I don't know so it was all like a lot of fun little superficial conventions plot and plot devices but when you really overanalyze it it can get to be kind of a uh, you can see why Baba may have had a hard time you know, <attaging> and what if his her last name
0: was like Walski or Zachariah <laughs> Like What would the ch- what would Laura have done if Nora's last name was some fucking... I guess there's just too many what-ifs.
2: Mm-hmm. That kind of brought up that point, didn't it?
0: Yeah. You brought up the point that her sister's last name was with a C, which was a good point, and then it was that convenient. made me think oh shit, it's even more
1: convenient that now this chick that she's trying to kill's last name is D. Yeah.
2: But yes. Yeah. That is...
1: Yeah, and thinking about her staying at the house after finding those clippings and the in the blocks and and all that stuff. I mean, was she waiting to see an actual dead body before she hightailed it out of there? I don't know. I don't know what the problem was, but and then John Saxon, just kind of. I know he's kind of a fan favorite, but I didn't like him in this movie. He I mean, there's no Nightmare on Elm
0: Street three Dream Warriors
1: by any means. No. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I agree. He, he kind of he started off as you know the the man's man the tough you know the guy you wanted to see the John Saxon from all the westerns and everything and then yeah he just turned into this weird bumbling idiot you know bad humor <laughs> and I I fell for it uh, I don't when we were talking about that beach scene when he was giving her the look did you totally think he was the killer at that point I didn't think he was the killer but I thought he was. I was going with the blue ball theory where he's like, I'm just going to get what I want now and I don't care. And she's screaming no almost as many times as the first kiss that I had. So it was just. (laughs) The first time John
0: Saxon kissed you?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was screaming no just about as much as she was. So, you know, I. He's like, you know what this is all about. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't look like she was playing along with him or anything. It looked like he was actually trying to assault her. And I'm like, this is so out of character. His character in general is, is like, you know, it's kind of humorous that he's always falling into her traps and she always thinks he's a killer and kind of gives him a black eye or something. and It just kind of makes him look like... I don't, And then same with that Landini guy. They're just both kind of aloof and kind of empty, vacuous characters. But the and,
0: thing that makes the, that whole bit weird with her staying there, I think, too, is that Just some random priest is like, I'm glad you found someone your own age, which she clearly isn't for you to hang out with. I feel better now. It's like, well, great, Mr. Priest. I'm glad you fucking feel good. Like, (laughs) now she's going to just go live with this chick. Like, that whole bit I thought was really weird. And I was hoping that maybe this is one of those times when maybe the translation and the dub was a bit off. Because that whole conversation just seemed so flat and bad but
2: I don't even I mean it was such a non memorable scene for me anyway I didn't really I didn't really care that much how good or bad it was so Chris (laughs) tell
0: us why this is your favorite movie of the last time we've done it's not anymore (laughs) you guys have totally fucking ruined it for me
2: I'm putting Eyeball at the top so I can hang with the pool kids. <laughs> <laughs> eyeball and Five dogs. let's all hang out and dance around to Bossa Nova music. Um, no, I'm... <laughs> uh, it's my favorite of the, of the group. Um, oh, probably because... All right, for maybe a couple reasons. The first one being that um, it's... The freshest. It, it's all right. It's really hard to put this in the words, but um, I'm trying. Um, it's different. It's so different for me to watch this film um, now, having watched all these other Jolly and having scored all of these films on my website. I mean, uh, Girl Who Knew Too Much ends up being the 35th film that i put on the website so i've been through a lot uh over the last few years watching these and i don't know if it's because it's just number one it's fresh uh compared to all the other films which i've seen three or four or five or six times because i either watch them to score them for the film or for the website or i watch them uh while doing research for the site um and and so this one you know i I, it's been such a long time since I would sat down and watched it, and um, I you know, the first couple of times I watched it, I think I watched it and it didn't pay half attention to it. So um, that's part of it the part of the the fact that it's fresh, it's different, it's from an older time period, um, and it's different than what we've been what we've been covering. But I think more than that, I I watch it as a as a this is look at what's going to happen after this film. Uh, look look at how much this film influenced all the things that we um, w- that we talk about on this on this podcast i mean certainly you know you can't say that this film influenced all of Italian horror because it's not really a horror film um, and there's certainly a lot of other films that have more of an influence on um, mid 70s uh, and and early 80s slashers and zombie movies and all that stuff but it, it's it's so interesting to see what people were trying to do and, and what the genre uh, uh, started out as. If you, again, if you want to consider this to be one of the first films of the genre, um, knowing kind of what came before and knowing what's coming after, and the fact that Blood and Black Lace is such a different film, but still kind of follows the same uh, idea of. You know the killer and the detective and kind of those basic plot elements. Um, it's my favorite. Uh, like I said, because it's—I I think that's it. I think it's because it's different and it—it's—it—it's—it's it, it, it's, it's basically because you guys hate it so much. That's why I like
0: it. I really don't hate this movie. <laughs> I just want to be clear. It's... I just want to be different. So... <laughs> Eric, do you hate this movie? That's
2: why I like, you know, that's why I liked punk rock music in the fifth grade when everybody else liked Michael Jackson. You know, I didn't really like punk
1: rock music; I just wanted to be different. So, <laughs> well, th- and that's why I like, oh, punk rock right now. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, no, I, I hope that you know, I it didn't come across that I hated this film because, like I said, it it started off really strong for me and it just dropped as it went along unfortunately but um not to look too far into the the production and technical aspects of it i think that that did have a lot to do with why you know maybe it didn't come across but of course maybe we'll never know either so um so just from a purely film standpoint i have to just say that it's not very strong um a strong watch for me just because I just thought it kind of plateaued instead of you know they kind of gave away all the good stuff at the beginning when it should be the other way around so that's that's the main reason why Uh, but on a on a jello level and and things like that that's just more of a pure film level but on a jello film level i do like do like it and i know i will watch it again and i will probably find other things that i i will end up liking about it just like bloody iris
0: Ooh, that's a good I, one.
1: I offended Creep with that one when I said I didn't really care for it. <laughs> no
0: one offends
1: me. It's okay. I do. I do a good job of that on my own. That guy in the
0: wheelchair so, offended you. He didn't offend me. I just <laughs> didn't want it to be a thing where I needed to help him do a ton of other stuff. I had shit to do, you know.
3: Yeah.
0: Shit um, to do. But like one thing I'm kind of bummed out about, of all the things that movies later took from this. I'm really kind of sad that the humor of this movie didn't get pulled into other jalos. Right. Like some of the, the like relationship between her and him were so off the wall. Like there were so many little moments where like, it looks like she's like ready to like roll her eyes at him kind of thing, you know? Right. And that bit was kind of the most charming part of the movie for me. And um, I don't know. It, it was it was definitely refreshing, especially considering we're gonna be watching Bizarre next. Yes. So <laughs> the the far end of the spectrum <laughs> from this. <clears throat> um, do you guys have any like production notes other than what
1: we've already talked about? Uh, no, not really. Uh, yeah, I guess we talked about, it's his last film in black and white and, uh, it, as far as like looking at cast and crew, anything like that, other than, you know, the big, the big roles that John Saxon has had in, in favorite horror movies, I can't really find anything for anyone else. Uh, most of them are just Italian actors and they haven't been in other Jolly films cause Jolly wasn't a thing in 1963, I guess. So they just kind of went off and did their own thing. And, uh, other than that, I didn't really see anything else. Well, I have some
0: alternate titles. Of course you do. Um, in Belgium, this film
1: was released as
0: Diabolical Obsession.
1: And yeah, I noticed this, a lot of the alternate titles had kind of like demon, diabolical type yeah. things in their
0: name. In Brazil, it was Devilish Eyes um in greek it was the girl saw the murderer (laughs) which is a much better title now that i think about it than the (laughs) it's it's more literal yeah it is like it should have been bitch might have been stoned that would have been the best (laughs) title of the film um and we already talked about the working title being incubus And um, in Mexico, it was released as Night
1: of the Demon. I feel like I've seen that one before.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing that trips me out. Like, I know Jalo movies typically don't, their titles don't really reflect the film a whole lot, but these are like ridiculous titles for this film. Like, even Incubus, I think, is a bit
1: off. Yeah, it's weird how they all have that sort of, I mean, demon- association, including Incubus, when I don't recall anything even closely resembling. I mean, maybe the evil eye is kind of a stretch, and then when you get to the demons, it's weird. Even weirder.
0: I'm wondering if they were basing most of that off the fact that she might be psychic.
1: Yeah. Right? For oh, yeah, the 40 minutes cuts, of the movie. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I
0: think so.
1: I'll have to pick up a copy of Noche del Domenico find out from wow
3: Mexico. For you <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well that's some good stuff chris do you have any other info at work
2: <laughs> yes i do i have it all at work <laughs> no i think we already touched on this you know that the article in wikipedia mentions that um baba kind of um uh, mentions the fact that you know oh this probably would have been a better film with better actors I think we talked about that already right
1: yeah or like he didn't remember the names of the ones he had yeah I liked the cast of this I thought yeah Girls. well
2: that that Landini guy he was uh, in Blood and Black Lace right wasn't he like the coke fiend in Blood and Black
1: Lace I think so and oh my god I think he had uh, even a part in Black Sabbath or something, but very small. Huh.
2: Black I do not I don't I've never seen Black Sabbath. Is that like the short story one?
1: Yeah. Like okay. three, three different stories. Yep. Pretty much not yellow. I wasn't a fan of the nuns. <laughs> yeah, I could recast the nuns
0: for sure. Like the way they were talking, then that doctor's like, this bitch is obviously completely deranged. She's a total (laughs) alcoholic. Uh, Don't have a whole lot of basis for saying this other than she smelt like alcohol when she got here. Uh, She's completely delusional. That whole thing was kind of weird, but uh, maybe it was just
1: her being super high. Can't always use that excuse.
2: And, and you know it's funny because like I said I've watched this is the th- probably second or third time I've watched the film and I knew that they tied the whole pot thing in somewhere but I couldn't remember where and I said "What does this you know we. I keep forgetting about the guy in the beginning with the pot and the cigarettes and he gets hauled off and maybe at, at first I'm like well is it does he have something to do with the murders maybe it was him and I can't remember now and then you know uh, but but that was like I don't know how many people when they were watching this either back then or even when you watch it now uh, it's such a it's such a non-event or it's such it's such an event like that basically just
0: happened but it's such a scooby-doo thing that like when you right. see it you're like oh that's random but then you're like but wait Scooby. it's gonna come back <laughs> it's gonna come back and like you're not really sure when you know Sco- scooby-doo thing is
2: such a fantastic analogy First, think my son watches Scooby-Doo like constantly
0: oh yeah dude and some of those movies were great is Ghost talk to your shit right there <laughs> <laughs> the Hex Girls right? am I the only one okay whatever
1: good my stuff opinion. guys yeah keep shouting into the abyss yeah
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh good lord <clears throat>
0: Alright, well, um, yeah, so that was a pretty good movie, I thought. Good stuff. Um, and, really? uh, damn it, Chris! <laughs> it was good, it was enjoyable. I don't not believe you. <laughs> okay, there wasn't enough pubic hair in it, but it was in black oh, and oh. white. And, yeah, so what are you gonna do? Okay, but, um, really, it was good. I really don't need pubic hair to make a movie for me, swear to God. Um <clears throat> so uh for the listeners, um if you want to send us your top ten list, you could either send it to us through the uh, Jalos, uh score. The Jalos Score group. Yeah. Um the Jalo Chow Chow group on Facebook. Um or you could email it to us on our emails that are on our website, jalochowch.com. Or we will all say them right now. Uh creeper at Gmail.
1: I'm still using one hundred years of horror at gmail.com. Maybe you have to phase that out pretty soon. But.
2: And for me it's info at jalloscore
0: There you go. So you could send them to any of those or all three. Um and let us know what you think yours are and then I will shove them deep inside of my deep fat bell and um, see what comes up on top and see how different we are from our listeners kind of like we were last time (laughs) through that because we were way off the fact that you guys still listen to us is quite amazing (laughs) so but yeah so um they all
2: side with me usually
0: uh, well they
2: all, they all side with me
0: can't account for taste so <laughs> we'll see how this goes and um so um follow, come join the group on facebook that seems to be a lot of fun um all that fun jazz and um let's see here let me ask you guys a question have you looked to see um what kind of reviews we get on itunes if we do I checked
2: Um, recently, and I didn't see that there was anything new other than um, the ones we had already talked about a couple times before.
0: Okay. Well, so if any of you out there want to give us a review on iTunes, that would be nice. We'd appreciate it. I
1: swear we'll look. Sure enough. Please please just don't call me Ed McMahon. Oh, shit, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I can't take it anymore. (laughs) <laughs> you can't. He's way better than that.
0: <laughs>
1: I, um, I might give you a, a publisher's clearinghouse check if you if you don't. So And I,
0: I did appreciate the analogy that I'm like Johnny Carson. Uh, that's pretty badass. That part I can agree with, yes. Wow, That that's some good stuff. Thanks, everybody. That's great. Wait till I get my Regis thing, or Larry King. Yeah. Those, those are my things that I'm looking forward to. But anyway... Um, let me see.
1: Next and week then, we
0: find out if pubic hair makes the movie for you. We definitely find out if pubic hair and dildos make a movie for me. <laughs> no hint. Thick eyebrows and crystallized and
1: hookers and um, labia. Actually, we'll get a Chris, you don't have to put that. this one on yellow score if you don't want. Oh, we'll give you an exception. No, sir. I can't
2: wait can't wait i may not do too many screenshots but
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) otherwise you have to put up a agree that you're 18 in front of the yeah yeah. at the beginning of the site if, if you google image search this
0: movie you have to go like two pages in before you find something that's not fur or boob or crack or something along those lines and what movie is that oh shit yeah we haven't um it was released in america as bizarre is that right are we am i talking about the right movie yes okay and the title that you'll probably find the film under is um eric just say it it's your fucking pick how do you say it sister of Ursula.
1: oh no it's not yeah. bizarre
0: it's sister versula i'm thinking of a completely different movie
1: yeah, I was just going along with that. I was still yeah. looking like that Profondo
0: thing that was just disastrous. Fucking Sister Ursula. Way back in the beginning of this episode, I made a fucking bizarre joke, and no one called me out on it. Because uh, we had no idea what you are talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to blame the medication. Yeah. Yes. So, um, Sister Ursula. God, I could picture the whole movie, and I didn't even know what the fuck I was talking about. That's awesome okay well that's good because i would have watched the wrong movie and been very confused before we
3: go
2: to uh before we go to the or you're gonna probably play the trailer next i would think right is there a trailer for this thing
0: um if there's not i'll just like take a minute of porn and put it on (laughs) (laughs) there you go the same thing
2: (laughs) before that happens just because I've got a sounding board, I want to do a shameless plug for my, I'm not going to call it my band, because a band implies that um, people get together on a regular basis and play and go and do shows. I would say this is more of a musical experiment that I'm part of, um, and the band is called 33 and a Third. Um, it's a it's a trio. It's me on guitar, um, and a, a bass player, and a drummer. We formed the band probably about... Fifteen or so years ago, maybe more, to um, and have songs exactly. That's awesome. And he
1: uh, <laughs> took my joke.
2: Uh, I th- I don't know if it was that, or if it had something to do with the speed of long play records, or if it had to do with the fact that there's three of us in the band. I don't know. Um, so we recently reunited after about a ten year hiatus at a recording studio of a friend of ours, and did about an hour. An hour and twenty um, recording session, and it came out really good. So I, I threw it up on SoundCloud. It's available for streaming. It's available for down.
0: And he's uh, jam- there. He is.
2: Uh, uh, I'm back. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah.
2: It's basically the the music is basically a cross between a jam band and a jazz band, and it's pretty much like everything that we did in the session is improvised. It's none, nothing that was really written ahead of time, other than a couple of minor ideas. So I just wanted to promote that to the people listening to the podcast. I'll throw a link up on the website. Um, but if you go to SoundCloud and look up uh, 33 and a third, or if you go to SoundCloud and look m- me up, Chris Bellis, um, you should find it. So I just wanted to. Now, know is it
0: 33 and a third written out or the numbers?
2: Uh, written out.
0: Okay. But thank you for asking. That's a good. Because I would have been lost. I would have. There are
1: first off. Yeah,
2: there's there's numbers up there too, so you'll.
1: You would have been lost quite... in the the Leslie Nielsen tribute bands. There you go. <laughs> you feel better now, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> he threw it in. Good job. We both got it. All right, I'm hanging up been
0: there. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. I can't believe you didn't share this with us until now.
2: Well, there wasn't anything to share. Oh, I, I you know, we talked about, hey, how's everybody doing? And then we immediately went on to your story about the
0: homeless guy with no legs. Actually, so. that was about Mumblecore, fucker. Mumble. Um, we were talking about <laughs> me being being bit by a spider. <laughs> <laughs> I totally fucking took over the show. I'm sorry, guys. How are you doing, fuck- Eric? <laughs> Excellent. I'm ready for bed. <laughs> I hear you. Okay. You well. For... Um. So yeah. So uh, here is the trailer for Sister of Ursula. And until next time, everyone. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, Goodbye. ciao.
4: sorella, sei una puttana, hai già fatto l'amore con lui,
3: hai fatto l'amore col mio assassino
4: Perché non voglio che tocchi le mie valigie?
3: Per carità, ma chi te le tocca?
1: tanto un altro dei tuoi soliti incubi
3: Attenta Vanessa, io non cedo al mio posto tanto facilmente Ah, sei tu, non ti avevo riconosciuto